everybody. Brr, it's cold out there, but it's going to be warm in here and the discussion is going to only keep heating up. Welcome to the Polarized Podcast. Glad to have you here. This is going to be quite the discussion. This is our most polarizing movie. Uh, yeah, again, just uh, thank you for being here. Um, <laughs> chat's going off. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, this is the Polarized Pod. Welcome. Uh, this is a podcast about polarizing movies, polarizing movies in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Sometimes critics love it, sometimes audience hate it, and vice versa. We're here about uh, here to talk about movies where those two parties do not agree and don't agree with a large disparity. Um, I, you know what. I'm excited to talk about this again most polarizing movie this is kind of what you know is probably maybe going to be a pivotal point in this podcast a, a pp if you will speaking of which probably gonna to have to do that a lot during this episode um <laughs> you got a ppp because you got a promotion as well it's a polarized promotion polarized oh my goodness PP. yeah there's a lot of peeing that's gonna happen and that's for damn sure that's one thing i can guarantee um Guaranteed. But yeah, let's, you know what, uh, in order to have these kind of discussions about polarizing movies, um, I'm going to need people to talk about it. And the first person I'm going to introduce is uh, somebody I've called our forever guest, but also is my co-host uh, uh, to the pod uh, uh, to today, James Lindsay. How's it going? Yeah, hello, it's me. It's me. It's uh, James Lindsay here. I am uh, the co-host, the forever guest. Mm-hmm. Um, in this nice cozy kingdom of ours in the in the polarized zone of of podcast world um and we love watching movies we like watching new movies this is our first documentary yeah this, i think so uh, series mm. of, of movies that we've done um neither of us have seen it uh it is 99 rated 99 by critics and 10 percent by audience knock down the house Knock down the house. That's uh, the movie we're sure talking about even, today. You've even said the title, but it's uh yeah, knock down the we're house. We're seeing it now. That's what it is. That's what it is, baby. 2019. <laughs> baby. It's a, yeah, it's a documentary and um, I couldn't be happier to be here as well. Uh, how are you, Brandon? How are you doing? I, I mean, I'm, I'm still a little sick. I don't know. I just can't shake this cold for the fucking life of me. I just, I've had it for now. Uh, had it now for a week and it's, like it's getting better, but it's not getting better quickly. And, um, it, that, that kind of sucks. And uh, you know what, but I don't want that to take away from this. Cause overall I feel good about this discussion. I feel good about coming into this podcast, but oh, yeah. yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm feeling great. I, I wish, I wish you, uh, the best. I hope you get better soon. That lingering feeling is a bummer and it just kind of drains you from like a going, waking up to going to bed thing. I, I know that feeling. I feel like when that yeah. happens, I'll just wake up in, in a haze and it'll be harder for me to start my day and all that stuff. But oh, yeah, I, I wish, like wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Thank you for your well wishes. I appreciate it. Because, yeah, I mean, Brandini. I wanna, you must, Brandini you must get wants to get to, over it to full force. Yeah, <clears throat> I, yeah, I need that energy. And um, it's just been difficult to muster it. Um, but you know, it, it, it's that time of year. That's kind of what I'm chalking it up to. It's just something you have to deal with. I mean, today we, you know, we're a couple of SoCal surfer dudes and today's been quite a cold and uh, wet day. So it's one of those days where, you know what, it's not the, it's not that bad to be sick. You know, it's kind of, 
<laughs> At first, I was like, it's good to be bad. Um, but you do say uh, that. I do say that from time to time. Yeah. But yeah, um, I I don't know. I just I'm taking a lot of vitamin C. Um, and I, and I don't know if it's helping. I think it is, but it could be a total placebo. Um, no, I bet it's helping. Yeah, you know what? Oh, I'll let's, keep it the same. Let's bring someone else in here because maybe. Oh maybe, yeah. Maybe oh wait. Offer, oh, we got a guest today. Yeah, maybe right, that's offer, right. Uh, offer an opinion on uh, being sick or on this movie. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, or, or just uh, grace us with his with his company, which we're so happy he's here. Uh, the great, or I guess it's the great branding. I can't call you the great, the amazing, the amazing Aaron, the amazing Aaron is, is here. And, uh, Hey guys, welcome, man. Welcome. How Thanks are, how are me. you doing? What, yeah. what what's, what's your, what's, what's your ailments? Yeah. What's your sick <laughs> regiment? First question. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I got, I have some, uh, some blisters on my feet. If we're talking about ailments, I, I Ooh. played oh. Frisbee this morning in the rain. And uh, wow. I'm leaving in a week uh, to go to Guam for deployment for the Navy. And I, my running shoes are packed up. So I just like grabbed the only athletic shoes I have not coming with me. And uh, it, was wrong, it was the wrong decision. So I, I screwed my feet up running around <laughs> on, on turf. Without. Was it worth it? Did you get, did you, is it just touchdowns? Did you get the Frisbees? Frisbees? I don't, yeah. I don't oh, yeah know. It was, it, great, it, it it was a great game. We had, we had a lot of fun, but uh it was, there were some great plays out there, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would have, I would have dug into my bag and gotten my better shoes out if I, if I could do it all over. Uh, Brandon, I hope you feel better soon. So thank you. A bummer. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020 though. Frisbee, those shoes. Play some ultimate. I know. In the yeah. Rain. Right. And then just get leukemia or no, not leukemia. <laughs> uh, what is it? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Pneumonia. Pneumonia. Yeah, we'll that's what I've done. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, I, you know, leukemia, uh, pneumonia. In my mind, they're the same thing. Um, apparently. Yeah. Frisbee on a radioactive dumping ground. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. With some asbestos, <laughs> some sort of Frisbee made of asbestos. Or something. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, Aaron, have you, uh, have you seen this movie before? Has it, has it, yeah, let's get that, into it. that you're, uh, yeah, I mean, Let's screw this small talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. James, wants to, James wants to get us into it as quickly as possible. And I don't fault him for it. There's a lot to talk about this movie. I would just say I, I reached out to Aaron about this movie because I thought he would be the perfect guest to do this because we've talked about politics, um, you know, just in our own personal lives. And I think that, uh, yeah, this, this movie warranted a guest, uh, this documentary it's a movie still um warranted a guest and uh yeah i don't know i just like when i was thinking about who was going to be on it it just made sense for you to be on there and um yeah so i i am curious if you feel kind of like even before me inviting you onto the pod what is the yeah like how do you had you seen this before or uh, well, yeah thanks how do you feel about me uh yeah in regards to that, because there, there was a lot I liked about it. Uh, I hadn't heard about it, in, uh, surprisingly, until you brought it up to me. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely something I would normally watch uh, just to, you know, see what, what's going on there. And uh, I think my take on it has evolved at, now that I've, you know, upon multiple viewings and after having some time to digest it, having watched it, you know, for the first time several days ago and then watching it again recently. Damn. Um, Did your homework. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have someone that's, that's so prepared. This is amazing. Gotta You're more well prepared informed. than we have ever been. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever watched a movie twice, Brandon? 
oh, the movies that we've done on this? Absolutely not. No, no I, mean, I have not. That's, that's yeah, amazing. no, no, no. Thank you. No. Yeah, I no, I appreciate I feel it. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. I mean, just you know, our last podcast, me and James were brought up some polarizing stuff um, in sense of like politics and whatnot, and we were just talking about how that the that is a kind of that you know that can be a factor of this podcast and be you know given the fact that it's called polarized um maybe it should be more and we were talking about it and um in order for us to speak about something that is really polarizing it does take a level of like understanding of the situation or the topic in order to get really into it and um no it's fantastic that you did that because i think this is a this is something that warrants it for sure because yeah this is um again one of the most polarized the most polarizing movie we've done absolutely and there's been movies that inevitably have people that will approach uh comments and reviews depending on themes of a movie or uh casting of a movie and they will uh review it online and i don't know i I think something that happened last week was within that movie it was a person that a lot of people had an issue with uh that didn't really have to do with the movie which was an interesting thing for us to approach in this podcast because i think you're absolutely right brandon it's inevitably going to happen that we're going to come into that more and more and if you really break down some of these reviews uh yeah the reasoning isn't necessarily sound on just what's going on in the movie there's a lot more at play as to why someone will take the time to write a review and what angle they decide to do it on and and uh whether and whether they've seen it at all you know, I think yeah. that's I think that's definitely happening here. I, yeah. I kind of went oh, on for sure. to, to understand how this movie got to the place it is on Rotten Tomatoes, and um, to some degree uh, on what was it Metacritic? Uh, there they had a it's it also had a high score. And Rotten Tomatoes that ninety nine percent is coming from one hundred and four professional critics, mm-hmm. and the uh, yeah the ten percent audience score is coming from eight thousand plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what viewer reviews mm-hmm. on the site, like user reviews on the site. And I read like however many is on a page. I just kind of like scanned through and some like of my 15 actually, or whatever. Read, yeah. Yeah. I read like 10 to 20 pages of reviews, just kind of going through going, okay, okay. What is, and what mainly surprised me was how many five-star reviews there were on those like first 20 pages, meaning like there must be a metric, but loud. Yeah. Yeah. A negative ones. Crap ton of, of negative of zero reviews. Uh, and most of the ones I saw that were hitting that half star, it seemed like they were just kind of review bombing. Yeah, no, for sure. Which was surprising because like you were saying, sometimes it's not about the movie itself or in this case, I don't even think it's about the movie's message or what the movie's trying to say, because Mm -hmm. anybody who watched it would know this, that it's not a like very leftist take. No. uh, Yeah, for sure. You really alienate, anybody who's like to the right of center mm. that that's really not what the messaging of the film was it's you know right. you're following four uh outsider uh like what they call insurgent in, politicians yeah, in, like uh, incumbent insurgent. politicians yeah well non-incumbent politicians trying to take out the oh, sorry, defeated yeah, yeah. incumbent mm. uh right. who were all establishment mostly democrats so it's like it's not even left versus right it's like established mostly democrats versus insurgent democrats who are coming in to try to like 
which I, I think the real star of the show was uh, Brand New Congress, who mm-hmm. said the stuff that I was like, uh, all yeah. of the uh, the four female politicians said a lot of great stuff, uh, and I was there for it. You know, I, I actually I liked a lot of the messaging that they were putting out, but that's more of like that's kind of my political speed. But even if it's not your political speed, what they uh, what they represent, what Brand New Congress represents, is getting the corrupting influence of money out of politics. And I think that's yeah. something mm-hmm. all Americans and all people can agree on in general, whether you're left, right, American, foreign, you can mm-hmm. agree that politicians shouldn't be influenced by money. And that's what makes me feel better. And I don't think you're saying anything con- controversial. And, and uh, in terms of the review, that makes me feel better because mm-hmm. in my in my time watching it, I was like, man, this is really bumming me out that people just don't like this. So the people that don't don't like these people and what they're trying to do and, and what they stand behind. And then really you, sad, the, yeah. way, the way that you say, say right there. Yeah. It makes me think, Oh, I see AOC. Then I'm just going to go on and, and leave a half star or like a, <laughs> a one star review because I don't like her and I don't agree with her. Um, which made it that much more poignant and effective of a documentary seeing how, you know, and, and I know that it's pointed in, in, it's a documentary, so it's manipulated in a way to show you the best sides of her with the worst sides of everyone else, and that's just how how a documentary kind kind of works and everything. They're going to show, they're trying to show you a certain story and all that, but how how she came off and and, and everything um, just seems so natural and to the point where uh, it just it like it, what it, it, what would you get angry at? Right. Right. Exactly. That's, what exactly. I was, that's kind of what exactly. I felt over and over. There was a couple moments and it where it didn't seem I was, like she was, was putting on it. much of a show. I know it's, yeah. I know it's a documentary. A little bit. A little you're, bit. You're a politician. Yeah. Like you, you, you have to, it's part of the territory. Mm. And you know, you mentioned political speech. Yeah. It's like, it's my, I'm going to, I'm going to be there for it. Like you just said as well. And, and I will, my ears will perk up and I'll listen to it and be more inclined to go on, go on the ride for it and everything too. But, uh, it was, as much that as also just seeing how, yeah, like an outsider or, or someone who's not entrenched in the political system would go about running uh, for Congress. And the I thought involved that was, was really that staggering. Was one I of the that more, was my main uh, educational uh, takeaway was like, mm-hmm. wow, there's so much work goes into running exactly uh, an, a non-corporate PAC money funded insurgent campaign against your own party. Like it's right a huge amount of work and, and outreach. And it takes more than just that one politician. The face of the, of the campaign is just one person, but that the seeing the work that the teams behind each of the, the four women put in, uh, which is like really five, five or six people yeah, <laughs> seemingly like five or six you know, people giving up their whole, their whole lives, their whole, whole lives for the to, duration of the campaign to just yeah, to focus to, right. time on this. Yeah, and just like lease a space in a fucking strip mall as their headquarters, and then they're taking spray paint cans and stencils and putting them on signs, and then walking around and just knocking on doors. Which is why this is called knocking down the house, is because I mean it's talking about going against the house, which is the you know house representative, the establishment, and all that. But also too, the knocking portion is just the work that they have to do in order to get their message out to the their constituents and the people that are in their community right so my question for the people who are like review bombing this you know who got together on i don't know parlor and we're like yeah right let's <laughs> take this freaking awful 
left-wing yeah. propaganda movie down. Let's take them to the cleaners and make them look stupid. It's all yeah. socialism. Uh, like yeah. to those people, my question is: Did you see about- the movie? <laughs> yeah, well, what? Did, you watch it? <laughs> did you actually watch the movie? Because I the mean, answer. Yeah, the, 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 the answer is no. Yeah. The question is: What about challenging established? corporate funded politicians is upsetting to you. Like, why does that make you want to go it's, out and review bomb well, the movie? Right. Uh, it's not. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand where the, that anger, that ire comes from specifically in relation to this film. Cause it, it wasn't really a strong socialist message at all. It was mostly the issues they did discuss were things that like have it's that we've proven most Americans agree on left, yeah. right, center. Yeah. Uh, it, it, most Americans when polled think that, People shouldn't be dying because of the cost of healthcare. They think that people who have jobs shouldn't, you know, you know, have to go into massive debt to fight cancer. Like we, we, we all tend to agree on that. And when you say something like healthcare is a right, people go, oh, you're just entitled. And it's like, well, mm, you're, sure. hearing, you're hearing a culture war phrase. What you should be hearing is what you would agree with, which is mm-hmm. no one should have, no working U.S. citizen should have to die yeah. Just because they can't afford treatment of an illness. There's, sure, absolutely. Yeah, but then yeah. there's a lot of ascribing of other political motives to that message that doesn't doesn't fall through. And then, you know, to get to get back even to Rotten Tomatoes itself is a poll. And I think that's what's what's going on here as well. I mean, maybe I'm just dragging out saying it in a different way, but it's people showed up to the Rotten Tomatoes poll and voted against AOC. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, I think why mm-hmm. this is so so polarizing is because they politically charged people felt the need to approach this. Yeah. As like an approval rating poll or something for, for um, a person rather than the movie and the story and the narrative and what, what they were trying to show. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah. Also the only people who get to vote on AOC live in New York's 14th district. And that's only like, you know, 0.01% of the country. So the other 99.9% of the country said we would like a vote and we more or less unanimously think, no, we want, someone else yeah and those same people that are voting against uh, against aoc which to your point is really actually just comes down to the people in her district are also the same people who think the election is a fraud and then are for voting stricter voting rights but they have no problem just levying their opinion and their voting preference to something that doesn't actually apply to them they're not not watching the movie they're not they don't realize they're also voting against the filmmaker, the filmmakers, the, the two women who put the, the documentary together, mm-hmm. they're also voting against uh, these other three politicians yeah. who I, I quite liked. Amy, Amy, I Bella, liked Corey him Bush a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, Paula oh, Jean yeah. Swearingen. I, there's, you know, special place in my heart for Paula Jean Swearingen, but I, I yeah. love the other, the other three candidates as well. So she and, was ripping apart those weeds and, and, and in the rain and everything and getting that whole, whole thing set up to I, do her speech. I, I don't know. I was, there's so many emotional parts in this, but it was just like a, a lot of it. Just yeah, me reminding myself it's like, what is what? Why do people hate hate these? Uh, yeah, it just it baffled me so. Yeah, it baffled me so much because I, especially especially with Paula Jean, it's like I don't know. She's what? It, what about her 
like stance on stuff are you really that against like she's from your community she cares a lot about you and she wants to have your voice represented in congress it's like so just because she's a democrat she's just a huge piece of shit socialist that shouldn't get, be given the light of day it's like i don't i don't really get that and i, I, and I just want to maintain the status quo and go with what's what's already been been happening i mean uh it was a, it's crowley right was is his name and him in New York, yes, he, yeah, being in New challenged York. for for 14 years and to me yeah it's just a, so fascinating yeah the, and then the, the sense of complacency within the community and how fed up people are and how bored and, and tired out he like he seemed and everything too it's just i i don't know like that again is not and i and they said it in multiple ways throughout throughout the documentary but it's not left or right it's up and down yeah and it's, it's what do you object to all the people who are voting no voting downvoting the movie what do you object to about regular citizens leaving their work life to pursue politics to better serve their community than the standing Seriously. you know establishment people who are holding that that office like what about that do you object to those are the same fucking people that are like the reason i love donald trump is because he's not a politician and then i'm just like right. really trying to wrap my mind around that where it's like okay well logic. you're you're presented with these people who are definitely not politicians yeah, like, how do you feel about paula jean swearing and cory bush amy villella and uh alexander right. Casio cortez they're like fuck them hate them hate them hate them because they're socialist them. democrats yeah. and I, they're ruining our country and it's like i I don't get that. Like, okay, so from a political standpoint, I could understand that you, as if you're a Republican, being really opposed to the like apparatus that is fostering those people in order for them to succeed, because they're more or less injecting like what are the platforms or like issues that the overall party is like interested in and wants to promote. And kind of facilitating a little bit of that narrative into the talking points that these candidates um, are like, you know, using when they're doing their like town hall meetings or whatever. But uh, this documentary doesn't really get into the broader socialist, uh, progressive, democratic viewpoint or like um, uh, political talking points. It just really focuses solely on like here are a here is a group of women who are trying to run for office and that's it like period end of the sentence because i don't know like they kind of all have varying interests that are very like unique to where they come from and so if anything they're just fighting for what they think is right for the people that are around them in their district and who they've grown up with. And I just, yeah, I'm really having a hard time right. where they're you could just politicians complete. And they're going up against people who in large part don't even live in the districts they represent. <laughs> right. So it's, it's Cory Bush from, you know, Missouri's first going in saying like, we've had this establishment black Democrat sitting in this seat uh, because he inherited the seat from his father, basically. And yeah. nothing has been done. And he loves to get on TV and talk about what's been done to like help our community. But all he's really done is get up there and vote the same way everyone else in his position votes with no real and, and make no moves to like improve things for his, the community mm -hmm. he represents in Congress. Cause he doesn't live there. He's not from there. Mm -hmm. It's a job to him, yeah. you know, it's the family job. Right. For sure. The family business. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're going to beat a dead horse, though, with this point is that like, 
I I think a large opposition that the Republican Party has to these progressive Democrats is, is that, or no, I would just say that Republicans are very against, like in theory, but definitely not in voting, like these career politicians. I hear that a lot from like Republicans being, I fucking hate career politicians. The government is corrupt. Americans. Americans, Americans are your politicians. Yeah, no, no, that's fair because I mean we're talking about that as well as a as a as a pro to the women featured in this movie is, is that they're not career politicians, they're mothers, they're wives and sisters and I don't know, just normal fucking people. Like I don't know, like when you, I just uh, yeah, I really really enjoyed. Um, uh, what's uh, who, who from uh, West Virginia? Um, um, Paula Jean Swearingen. Yeah, Paula Jean. I don't know. She's like, you know, we got some time with her mother and just talking about how they've grown up there and they just talking about the landscape and how it's changed based on uh, business and, and policy that's happened and how they're owns the area. And then they mm-hmm. pretend that, you know, going against coal kills all these jobs. But she points out, Everyone's where dead are the jobs? from the coal industry, and where are the jobs? There's like five people working this whole site mm-hmm. for miles and miles and miles, and, and it's destroying you know, so the land. It's destroying. There's no jobs, the water, and she points out houses where everyone got cancer from either the water or from working <laughs> in the industry. And then Joe Manchin, the, who, who she she's makes running a great against, point. Like, that's has, a solid has, point. Is getting yeah. funded by uh, the coal industry, and um, he's getting he's getting kickbacks from that and and, and medical see, so seeing someone that can't have someone socialized that, medicine take care of these people because he's also getting he also will vote down anything that you know tries to give mm-hmm. affordable medicare uh medical yeah. care to people because you know to make it more uh, attainable because he's profiting in by people by getting sick from yeah. Pharma, yeah. donations and, from insurance companies donations from hospitals so he's like yeah like make the industry money and then also make money on the industry making everyone sick like Absolutely. And and, and like when you see someone who's living that reality and coal miner's daughter and she's she knows what it is, rally against that so hard. It's it's hard to it's that and that's that much more difficult. And with her daughter and everything. Oh, my goodness. That was one of the most emotional parts. of. Oh, my God. This movie had me crying multiple times. I'm going to come out and say it. I was like fighting back tears often like, ha- like people have to be empathetic and understanding to that situation and people that are so supportive of, of coal and everything i i don't know it's just like there's there's someone that is on the ground there experiencing every day from her childhood all throughout and her mom as well and her mom talking about how people deal with uh those who try to push back against uh the the coal community yeah, and, and people and, and the policy yeah they disappear and she says it hasn't really changed much now and um it's it's someone Who's entrenched in that, not in the political system, but entrenched yeah. in the real shit, telling you say, yeah. that their water Amy, is poisoned, Amy Villela's they're sick. Daughter's and, death and Paula yeah. Jean Swearingen's, you know, the, seeing everyone in her community die, her father's no uh, death that, young. Oh you know, see, it, that, all of that was, was very uh, heartfelt and touching, and it, it felt genuine. There were, t- there were parts of the documentary, like you guys, like we discussed, where it felt a little like political punchy and you're like okay i mean maybe leave that out maybe you did you need they they were pretty good about not editorializing heavily mm-hmm. but there was a couple times where the music and the editing oh, sure. they kind of they're they're you know kind of tugging at the heartstrings a little bit uh unnecess- unnecessarily but i found paula jean swearingen and amy valella's uh stories and reasons behind their campaign compelling enough without the mm-hmm. uh 
without the editorializing. Absolutely. I mean, it's a documentary. Yeah, they're they're, totally. they're going to man- manipulate it with the editing and, and the music and absolutely in their, in their yeah. own way for, for sure. But um, even without that, I thought the, the thread that was, was cast despite, you know, the documentary trying to make these, make this connection was the fact that Crowley was actually, well, she was from Nevada. Wasn't who's from Nevada. Wasn't Amy Valella. Amy Valella was from Nevada. That's right. That's right. The Crowley, like Crowley the guy was like supporting the campaign in, in Nevada and help and, and, and pushing money to support. Monetarily. That. So, yeah. He was yeah, pushing so, money to, to Nevada. I don't know that that connection actually pro- propagated and, 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 and made the connections between the people kind of, it proved its purpose as a documentary, having all these people together and telling all their stories in that moment. Cause it was like, Oh, there's, yeah, there's all of them are fighting against the same system and all of them. Um, yeah. Are, are, are going through a very similar situation, albeit uh different kind of backgrounds and 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 stories and and everything similarities in, in those as well and they've all just worked so hard man and and it's so aspirational it's that's so, what gets me it's so yeah. inspiring to hear them speak and and be able to speak about their past in the in the kind of you know uh Aaron kind of jumped in and out if you guys are hearing discord sounds um but they're able to tell their story in uh, an anecdotal sort of uh, sort of way, extemporaneous sort of way, mm. and 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 show that emotional, vulnerable side that I find so lacking in you know when you see politicians and, and everything, and is that vulnerability? Is that sort of yeah, like you you're really fighting for something? You really got a fire under your belly, and uh, also you know I'll, I'll just say it as well. It's like AOC is, is a millennial and she is a millennial. Right. And it's just to see someone with yeah. a voice that sounds like ours yeah. was a big deal, man. That was, that's a big deal. That just like really gets, gets you all fired up because it's like, yeah, like it's just, I mean, it's inevitably, inevitably going to happen, but seeing that transition of, of, uh, power onto the next generation, um, excites me. It excites me hearing, hearing how effortless her vision is is like she doesn't have to think about it she knows uh the things that are important to her um and 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 hearing that um meant meant a lot but i was yeah aaron you you popped in and out for a second i was just kind of talking about their own personal stories how emotional that got me how how important it was to see that about about 30 40 seconds of it but i I was there for most yeah within a politician just being such a hard worker and uh i mean in in a working class sort of field. And I don't know, from working in restaurants and everything myself, it's like, it's just yeah. so admirable to, to see someone do that. Cause you know that they can, if they can yeah. do a full day at a restaurant, close and open restaurants, it's like, Oh yeah, they can, they know what hard work is. Like, I know. Yeah, I, I think know you hit the nail work. on the head talking yeah. about, you know, that transition from, uh, of having millennials be present on Capitol Hill. And it's the fact that she and her election, the AOC in particular was such an upset of the four women that the documentary follows, she was the youngest. Mm-hmm. And uh, she definitely uh, represents sort of our the movement of our generation into politics. And it's not that we are too young or too inexperienced to like be part of that world. Like we have a we have a a right to engage in our own representation. And the fact that we can get elected into office, even though as of now it's just one or two of us, people of our age group, that speaks for itself that the the popular vote has 
spoken and is saying these people are yeah. the ones we want to be representing us. It's not, it doesn't represent the evils of some nebulous movement to destroy the American way of life. It represents the will of the people of this country. The natural so, change of, of, of guard of order, the like passing of the guard. Yeah, exactly. It's the changing right. of the guard. And that is almost overdue in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at previous generations, they didn't stay into politics into their seventies, but most of the people in Congress right now are over 60. Most of them are lawyers. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them have been in politics, their entire adult careers. And that's something that is kind of unique to uh, the, the, the age group that is currently sitting in Congress is they're, they're mm -hmm. sitting longer. They've, uh, they've never done much else, most of them. And mm -hmm. they all are part of a system, both left and right, that works to keep newcomers, insurgents out, that works to reject any challenge from yeah. outside Capitol Hill. They're maintain, like, all the fighting should be the done. Maintain the status quo, yeah. Yeah, it's business yeah. as usual. They have a controlled opposition where you have mm -hmm. it now, and in a little while, we'll have it. Exactly. And then in a little while later, you'll have it again. And people working and, and, and getting their their yeah. the, themselves dirty, trying to get up to that point of like, oh, if I keep doing this, then I'll go into the next cog, into the next point. Right, and, and somebody coming in from there. outside who is not a lawyer, who has not been in the system their whole career, who is not much, much older, is coming in from the outside, they're going like, no, get that out of here because that that represents a disruption to our way of life here on Capitol Hill, which is just that like, we like this because I don't know if any of you know this, but we're all millionaires. We all have tons of money and letting these people come in from the outside doesn't serve either party's best interest because mm -hmm. when it comes to the actual politicians themselves, they want to keep fighting each other. They don't want to fight outsiders because Oh my God, you're, dude, you're so unpopular right now. Yeah. And outsiders are represent a disruption to the flow of money mm -hmm. and it's corrupting influence. Mm -hmm. dude, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. And it's, yeah, it makes me think that up, up versus down rather than left versus right. And they were the establishment versus, uh, you know, them being the underdogs of, of all of this. And you're absolutely, as you right. said, yeah. millionaire versus working class, mm -hmm. seeing somebody who's done the same kind of jobs we did in college and after. Mm -hmm. The best jobs available to us, which sometimes is waiting tables, tending bar. Yeah. And as if that, I don't know, I've, I'm, maybe not in a lot of places, but even to think that someone might, that's like shame someone for having that job is, it, I don't know, that blows, that blows my mind that uh, people would even think that way. But I, I don't need to repeat a point that I don't believe in just to argue it. So that's, that's pointless. But um uh, 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 apart from that, I, I don't know. Yeah, we don't need to go through this all the way. It's just there's so many broad sweeps of it. As far as a documentary going and a film and and, and all of that, I thought um, the presentation and the editing and how they connected the stories was was done effectively. Um, to me, the most I think that most effective part was the the canvassing and the knockdown, knocking on the. I keep wanting to say knockdown. They were trying to knock down that house. They were knocking so hard on those doors. They're just like, let me in, let me in. Um, Get rid of this house. I mean, I'm knocking that, down the, this the, house. The, calling, the call canvassing and the canvassing by door, like that's been yeah. gut-wrenching to watch because most of us it have is. had to do cold calls right. at some point it in our lives. Or, or, or something like, to that effect, yeah. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> gives me more flashbacks. Yeah, but I, it's like, that's that's the thing. It's like the people who even review and didn't see the movie and everything, it's like, yeah, just to picture them getting in the room with any of these women and have them have a conversation about what they believe in and what they want. It's like, I, I don't know. It's just like, I feel like, 
you were kind of touching this point, I think earlier, Aaron was just like, there's, I don't think there would be that much difference. And even if there was, uh, they were so effective at their rhetoric and having a conversation with people and an argument, um, that they're able to get to the bottom of it and still maintain a sense of decency and control over the situation and, uh, come to, to a peace about it instead of getting so hyperbolic. And so my side versus your side. And, and that's, uh, seen, that's, seen those, yeah. you know, just one-on-ones. Well, that's what happens when you talk to people in person and mm-hmm. you're not doing it for an audience, like, like on talking head television mm-hmm. and you're not doing it on like Twitter or Reddit. But when right. you actually talk exactly. to a person, you, you realize pretty quickly, most people just want to be heard and to feel like their opinion matters. So if you, if you're willing to sit there and listen to somebody deliver what you're pretty sure is an ice cold take and you just go, okay, I, I understand that that's how you feel about it. And this is how I feel about it. And they go, well, you don't sound, that's not crazy. I disagree, but I don't think your point is, is too crazy. And you go, Mm -hmm. yeah, thanks for hearing me out because I heard them out. They were willing to listen to me and I know I have good points to make. So in person, that's what happens when you sit down to talk to someone is Mm -hmm. you actually get somewhere. You totally. gain perspective. It, Both sides should gain perspective in that situation. Yeah. And I think it's something that is now a fallout from the COVID, like not era, but the COVID times that we're in. And obviously this is leading up to it as well because of the internet. Really the internet is the cause of a lot of these uh, contention is, is that like it up just we've already mentioned this uh, already but like if you were to actually have a conversation with people with opposing viewpoints you know more often than not not to say all the time but more often than not is, is that there are a lot of things that you're probably going to be motivated similarly on that you want to see change happen because you just innately as a just a human fucking being like you're just you know have a predilection to yeah i don't want people to have to deal with this or this is really important to me because it helps people get better and they have a tendency to be somewhat similar it's obviously just the execution of that that is uh, different that where politics come into play is like how you know how do we raise money to solve this problem? It would probably be a big one in my mind is the difference between the two. Um, but when it comes to what the problem is, I feel like it isn't. Yeah, certain things are pretty different, but there's probably a lot of I'm going to just pause that There's probably a lot of similarities in things that are an issue that whether you're Democrat or Republican, you do want to solve like, yeah, uh, and not, and it isn't that polarizing. Um, Right. I think we all agree on certain issues that need to be resolved one way or another. And if we were to sit down with anyone from any age group and from any voting uh, demographic, we'd be able to agree that like, here are some problems that need solving. People are dying because they can't get insulin. Um, people, children are dying in school shootings. Um, we should have solutions to these problems. I don't think anyone's going to say, I don't think so. I don't think there is a problem. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go, you'd go, oh, I'm talking to a psychopath. So smile <laughs> and nod, walk back out of the room. Everything's fine. Because we right. all agree that there's, there's this, these larger issues, the both, both really big and visible and like covered by the news cycle, like school shooters and like less covered by the news cycle, less visible, like people not having access to cancer meds because of price gouging. Uh, so you kind of food see, instability yeah, I mean, in children, you, 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 you don't want a politician coming up and just being like, yeah, everything's fine. 
I'm doing great. We're all good. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's, and that's not going to be how, it, it, yeah, that's, and there, I don't know, I, you get that sense of complacency from, from the people, uh, some of the people that they were running against and, and everything too, of just kind of. Yeah. Well, no, business as with, usual politicians fine, just yeah. being like, everything's great. Everything has been great up to this point and it's going to oh. continue being great. If you just, yeah. you know, maintain the status quo and what the, between the lines mm. is, so I can continue to line my pockets, both with corporate donor funds and with taxpayer money, unbeknownst to you, the voting taxpayer. Right. While I sit here and lie to your face about how great it's going. Mm-hmm. And that's the politicians on both sides of the aisle without argument. They're both doing that. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, you, I, just, I, you just hope to see more representation and, and, of, and, and, yeah. and, and whether it's, you know, if there's going to be lawyers, obviously lawyers are well equipped to handle politics and understanding the law and making laws and everything that, that makes sure. sense. But within the whole tapestry of the beautiful quilt that is America, gentlemen. Um, there's a lot Fuck of, yeah, James, there's a lot of all, all types of people, you know, and you just, you want to look up and see that representation in, in, in yeah. some sort of way. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, these, these political sort of, um, do, it's political dogma. Once it gets one, one point it, you start to self, you start to ascribe all these other points to what, what someone else might, might say, whether it's, you know, you know, these big polarizing issues. Uh, if you have one one view on on guns or or abortion or whatever whatever it may be, I'm just I'm just throwing throwing random stuff out there. Healthcare, whatever it is, it's you you have you can't have a nuanced opinion really as much, or you can. It's just really hard to express that through, like you said, Aaron, internet places like Twitter and uh, things like that. You can't really. It's hard for you to express your nuanced sort of opinion and have, uh, you know at your own tapestry of opinions within yourself. And, and, and there's almost a stigma against changing your opinion. It's seen as like, it's kind of like in sports when your team is doing badly, you don't give up your team. You Mm -hmm. stay, you stick with the losing Detroit lions every year at every game. You wear the colors, Mm -hmm. you wear the hat in public on a losing streak because that's your team. And there's the same thing when it comes to political opinions, but that doesn't make any sense. It's not the same thing because it, you know, it's not about in group out group. It's not about, teams it's about the government serving the people of this great nation because that's the whole point of having a government the government governs the country to the benefit of the citizens and if it's not doing that which some some would say it is doing that it's like okay but do we think it can't be doing better is there something wrong with desiring positive change in any direction on any issue I think we all deserve uh, a government that works for us. And I think sure. uh, to be against the idea of a government serving us as individuals and as larger communities and as states and a country as a whole is like to be against that idea is to me just nonsensical. It doesn't, it doesn't add up let's, to anything that's good for anyone. Let's to build on that is let's talk about what people would be against in this movie because we kind of touched on the fact that in our minds, I think, and I'm speaking for us and correct me if I'm wrong, but there, what is presented in this movie, there's not a whole lot to really be against. I'm going to assert that for us all is that because it is 
and, and, and it almost to a critique, because I do want to bring that up as, a, you know, to foreshadow a discussion that I would love to have is that there are some things about this documentary that I think could have been better um, because it doesn't it, it doesn't get into, you know, um, it doesn't get into why certain issues are important outside of like the clear narrative of I just want my place to be better kind of like uh, to put it simply but yeah like what do you so i i know the glaring example would just be i don't like aoc because she has been labeled as this progressive and a progressive is a socialist and a socialist is completely against american values but um I'm just curious if there's anything in particular that comes to mind or maybe just a, a specific talking point that you have is like, this is why I think this movie, um, you know, why people don't like it or what is the, you know, what is the thing wrong um, with the message of this movie? Is there anything like yeah, that? Like have issues with documentaries. I think of like it being like preachy or something like that to them to where they mm. think that it's like telling them what to think and how to think and how to feel in a very over the top sort of way. Um, you know, and there's other ones that you, you get a, you get a nice good Ken Burns documentary in you and it's like the driest, you know, tastiest cracker in the world where, you know, you, you take it down, but it's, it's, it's dry. You might need a glass of water after or something yeah. like that. A little like excitement. Maybe you can't handle the whole thing at one time. It gets a little too dry. You know, your throat gets choked up, but damn it. Absolutely. I love a good Ken Burns documentary, but it's not really like trying to, trying to make you feel anything other than like, wow, can you believe the magic, the amazing history of that we can present to you? And we really want to just tell you the, uh, as objective as we can, the story of how well, it went. It, yeah, it totally falls into documentaries as documenting history, as presenting a, an educational topic as it occurred, specifically in the case of a documentary, if you were like there to film it and then you just report on what happened, it's it's a it's a form of journalism. Mm -hmm. And then if you editorialize and you spin it, whatever you were there documenting, if you then add a lot of music and editing choices that really try to change the opinions of people watching it to align with something that is more than just what is demonstrated by sitting there and watching the events take place, mm -hmm. then it becomes a form of propaganda, which I don't think is a four letter word. Propaganda is just how you propagate yeah. ideas. It's how you share information. They it's how you, because there's people get opinions because they get them from elsewhere. So you develop opinions gosh. by taking in other people's opinions and then you digest them and think on them and you, you add your mm -hmm. own into them uh you have time to ruminate on these different opinions you've mm -hmm. you've been able been exposed to so i think you know propagating an opinion or you know delivering propaganda has its own place but like you said a, a good old dry ass reporting <laughs> of the facts as they are feels a little more gratifying in an educational sense because you're like you don't feel you like you're being your own opinion and about like, it here, after open open up and and yeah. take the agenda down the hatch mm -hmm. it feels more like you're learning and then you walk away and you go wow that was a tough watch but yeah. i'm glad i understand that and you, you can like decide there. how you how you feel about it rather than kind of being told and i right I nobody tried to feed me like, opinion i just learned what something was yeah, yeah and, right and and i'm you know i'm sure there's there's plenty of things within this documentary that you know, maybe would have, would have happened a different way. Wouldn't have happened exactly as where it's like, they knew that their documentary was being made about them. So they're going to do certain things in front of the camera. Oh, the documentary crew is coming today. 
I'm going to go canvas and do knock on some doors guaranteed that yeah. they're, they're going to be doing that as well. But it's like, Oh, documentaries crew is like, Oh, I'm for sure going to do that that day. Cause documentary crew. And then we'll do like office work the next day. But it's like, let's make sure we schedule the, the canvassing for when the documentary crew comes because people are going to want to see that and that would make me look really good. That's just part of being a politician. I understand it is propaganda. And, and that's essentially a part of what people would have an issue with this documentary was, would be viewing it as, leftist propaganda or something you know and something that's trying to shove an idea a, a set of ideas a set of beliefs uh down your throat um yeah and you're already rejecting it before before you even see it at, at yeah that like point. we talked As about if, teams when you hear hey the people on the other team are trying to give you an trying to expose you to an opinion you've already decided that we've decided for you you don't agree with so you need to reject their attempt to share this opinion with you because what they're doing is wrong and bad. And, you know, you should be upset that they're trying to share this opinion with you because we already decided for you that you don't like that opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, you know, a group gets together and goes like, Oh yeah, I didn't watch it. Why? Cause I don't want to watch leftist propaganda, right. but anybody who watched it goes like, I don't really feel that it was propaganda in a strong sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was like 80% pure documentary 20% propaganda there's definitely yeah. some, some some manipulation some of the like events biographical, to, to, a lot of biographical stuff of like of just these people's personal lives you know there's and there's a dash right. of, a dash of that uh, yeah, yeah that even even there you're well. sharing an opinion like it's Paula Jean Swearingen just for sharing the opinion like my community is struggling that's uh, Amy Vivella uh, or Villela sharing the opinion my life up to this point has been like I've had sad things happen that changed the course of my life. And now I want to be in politics mm -hmm. to help people. Yeah. Uh, I, think I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And Vindictive. And not in a negative sense, but just like, I need to solve this problem and yeah, overcome. In the case of Cori Bush and AOC, I'm disenchanted with the political leadership available to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 I you know, to not play devil's advocate, but just to like comment on if if I were to provide a more directed criticism to the AOC element of this, is that her story is the most like agenda e feeling of it all because I don't know how anybody can watch this documentary and watch the other women's struggles and what they're dealing with and the pursuit to correct the wrongs of or the ills of society by getting involved and standing up and being strong, you know, powerful people that they are like, I, I, there is a little bit of me where the AOC of it all is a little bit, you know, it is kind of preachy or it is kind of uh, thematic um, because rah, rah. yes, very much so where, you know, she does have very political frame talking points and that get her from point A to point B. And it is, it, it, it is met. She talks about her life prior to politics that I enjoy and like I don't know again I just have a really hard time with people who are for Donald Trump because he is not a politician and then you see somebody who is 
not a politician becoming a politician and not being more on board with that and really just dismissing them so strongly like so her backs- you, you want to drain the swamp i mean you you want to drain the swamp right so <laughs> right absolutely well, you, but- do it. you get money out of politics which is brand new congress's whole mission which is why i felt like they were the runaway star of the show where i was like i want their number i would like to help that help them out somehow mm. that's that's a mission i believe in wholeheartedly is uh, and that I think every every American would agree with get the money out of politicians yeah. hands in terms mm-hmm. of you shouldn't be trading political office or political favors for self enrichment. Mm-hmm. You should be going into when someone nominates you for office, you should be like, God damn it. Fuck you. All right, I'll do it. <sighs> I don't want to do it. I'm I'm like, this is going to be not fun, but I'm going to try you. You guys have faith in me and have said you think I would be a good representative for you. And I'm going to honor that with my, you know, with maximum effort. Mm -hmm. And you're like, this is going to be a rough. uh, And if I get the candidacy, just more work. And if I get the, I actually get elected. That's just more work. And all of it's time that I'm away from the life I'd rather be living, Mm. but it's public service. You want that unwilling leadership. (laughs) You want that unwilling leadership. You want want people who are like, ah, damn it. Like, all right. Yeah. That Jon Snow, that like <laughs> King in the North energy that like Rob Stark kind of had. Where <laughs> he's like, he, didn't, he didn't, he didn't crown himself. He's just, yeah. That Paul Atreides energy where like the, the Fremen are like, you must lead us. And he's yeah, like, Oh, I fear I'm my terrible purpose. That's exactly why you are. That, that was, that's I love that. It's like, I'm, I, I don't want to. It's like, that's exactly why you should, but. That's why you should. I love that about Dune is that conversation that they have him and his Paul and his father of just like, I mean, at the end of the day, you've succeeded because you're my son and I love you to the end of the earth. But like, you know, my father told me is like, actually the best leaders are the people who don't even want it and aren't seeking power. It's just they they arise to the situation because that's what it like because they're called to the greater good. Like you, you, you're not trying to figure out how do I get in? How do I, you know, get into a position where I can move pieces better? I just, and I see the problem and I am called to fix it. And that just continues to drive the machine forward. Otherwise you are being changed by that need to gain more power rather. Again, change is okay, but like the motivation behind it and how you decide to execute it is, I mean, that's, that's what it's all, all, all about. And the only way to, to stay pure is yeah, to remove it, uh, from the situation. And so nobody can, uh, you know, be, be, uh, tainted by that, that by the money, you know, cause it just, it just, it taints, it taints the whole process. Um, it gets the ball rolling on a whole set of changes that happen one after the other. Once the money is out, there's no more resistance to ranked choice voting. There's no more resistance to the dismantling of the two party system. Because who's there to resist it? All the politicians aren't getting paid to to spread any kind of agenda or do anybody else's will. They're not up there collaborating with their own with the their you know their fellow politicians. They're up there trying to serve their own community, constituents, country. They're up there just trying to do the job the best they can because they're all there they, without they will, the promise of self enrichment. Yeah. They're there. And they will to change serve. on their own volition. They're not going to change for a paycheck. Oh, if you give me this, then I'll do that. There's no quid pro quo or, or anything. It's just right. You know, and, I'm, and these I'm, things I'm that, on a path. Those things that I just mentioned aren't a leftist agenda. It's not a leftist move. It, it gives everyone better representation when you have no more two party system. You have ranked choice voting. Everyone gets to vote for the candidate they want the most, not the candidate they think will win. 
because you're if you the guy you wanted only got four percent of the vote, your votes now go to the guy mm-hmm. you voted second for. See, so I think when you take the money out, the resistance to these other changes that the only people resisting are the people who are in power now, who are the only people who can make the changes. So if you get mm-hmm. people who are in power now out and replace them with people who aren't corrupted by money mm-hmm. and who aren't complacent in this system that they use to enrich themselves, then you can see these additional changes take place that I don't think are left changes or right changes. They're just changes to make this a better representative democracy. If you like representative democracy, you don't want to see a shift towards socialism or some other form of economic uh, organization, which I, I wouldn't be against. But if you don't want to see that, so you say you hate socialism, you you love the American way of life, you should want to see the best <laughs> representative democracy the world has ever seen. And if you think that it's That's currently the, the best I've, representative uh, democracy the world has ever seen, you should want it to continue getting better. Yeah, by getting challenged because anybody who's lived a fucking human existence knows that the only way that you get better is you're challenged in your life. Like, when are you going to get better if you're just doing nothing and you're not getting challenged? Like, okay, so what? You don't give a shit about like the their the political talking points because they think that the problem Problem should be solved in this particular way that is in contradiction or uh, different from the way that you view it. Like, if anything, you should just be championing the fact that somebody disagrees with you yeah, because progress, I don't know. Progress comes through that 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 challenge for sure. And I just yeah, that's the kind of shit that really drives me nuts about these political conversations. Is and I think that's one of the biggest take. Uh, takeaways that i got out of this documentary is is that it's just it's so toxic and so like non like i know these are progressive candidates but i think that people should value progress as a species in the sense that in order to get from like point a to point z like somebody's gonna has to tell you no and that's kind of one of my biggest gripes with like you know and, and maybe this isn't totally true but my my understanding of like the way that the donald trump is when it comes to leadership is is that he surrounds himself with people that uh, uh, uh tend to agree with him because it kind of just like uh, it allows him to move more quickly to the things that he wants but i just have seen so much like literature and so many videos and discussions when it comes to like um, te- uh, progress when it comes to um, other facets outside of politics, tech, health, whatever, where so many people that are like thought leaders in the industry will say that people who varying opinions is how why America is great or how we've been able to progress so quickly is because we don't have an authoritarian rule or we don't have a culture that promotes just like everybody agree with each other so we can, you know, just kind of move along. It's like trying to get varying opinions, which is just also naturally happens because we are so diverse as a, as a country. Like that's in my mind, the reason we're so great and not to say that we're great in a lot of things, but the reason that we're so great in the things that we are good at is because we have foster different opinions to come in and voice themselves so that a discussion can be had to say like well i think this is a better way to do it no i think this is a better way to do it and then you just kind of like work through that and yeah just it's it's exhausting when uh you do try to have these discussions and in good faith you try to be like 
I, I respect the way it's been done and the way it's currently being done, but I mm. think this would be an improvement. And then instead of people saying, hmm, I hear what you're saying. I think I understand what it is you're trying to communicate to me. And I disagree. I don't think that would work very well. I think you're wrong. And here's why. And instead of that, they just go like, you should go kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, yeah. And you're like, uh, okay. Like, That's not the energy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I thought that was that was because it, yeah, things are just so hyperbolic now. Like I, I totally it is so hyperbolic. I totally yeah. re- relate with that's that and just in just terms of yeah, of, that's of, in it. I know, but totally. it's transcending that. Like people, of course, people, people. I mean, and it has for a long time. But that the energy and the attitudes and how you speak and 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 everything has has transcended the internet to to where people yeah feel like they need to speak in the hyperbolic sort of most direct to the point sort of sort of ways and it gets your gets your point across um but that that level of nuance and everything and just to have that come back i think part of it you know it does stem from a from the binary system um of politics where it's you you do have to kind of be one side or the other at a certain point when when push comes to shove um and aaron i mean you were you were talking about it uh yeah i just think if that somehow that was removed you know and not to do my political bit or anything it's just i do think that binary sort of i ideology of of our country and everything and the the state that it's in does transcend internet which transcends to to real life and everything too um but this is also the generation uh, below us and our generation as well i think yeah are much more politically involved and much more politically savvy extremely media savvy as well in terms of like yeah like you were talking you were talking about propaganda earlier too it's i think people are 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 just getting so more so attuned to it that they will know kind of more so if it is propaganda or not and and how to and how to handle it and how to encode the message that's being trying that's being uh told to them um so that you know on those things make me excited it is frustrating seeing someone with people with such good hearts and, and such amazing work ethic have such a hard time and, and bang their head against the wall, trying to do something and the opposition pulling these tactics that um, seem to be, yeah, just so entrenched in the political system that it's hard to learn them in that, in that moment. Cause yeah, you're too busy, whatever, yeah, it's, taking it is, care of your kid, you know, working your day job, and, yeah, you know, it's, and it's, it's hard, definitely heart wrenching watching this people barely have the time particular. to like be a, be an educated voter, you know, and these people are trying to run for it. It's like, yeah. I can barely understand what I'm, what I'm voting for sometimes, you know? Yeah. That, Having, was, that uh, was my rant. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I feel that. No. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's exhausting yeah. to, to go further on that. Like, to see then those people who are making the attempt in this documentary, getting to follow four of their stories and to see three of them fail. Mm-hmm. It is kind of heartbreaking. You know, you're like, Oh man, they tried so hard and got so far, That's but in the end, yeah. it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag Lincoln park, but they, uh, <laughs> RIP Chester, RIP yeah. Chester Bennington. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, but it does, show, it does, it don't know. Sure. I don't know if we mentioned it, but the, for those who don't know, uh, AOC was the only one who got the nomination and then later, yeah. uh, won the seat, uh, in general election. Uh, the other three, Amy Villela, Corey Bush and Paula Jean Swearingen, uh, did not get the nomination at all. Uh, so they lost to their incumbent, uh, opponent. 
And then two years later, Cori Bush did get the nomination right. in the, her same uh, Missouri, first Missouri district. And she did end up winning the general election two years later to take the seat. So Cori Bush is now in office along with AOC. Mm -hmm. uh, Paula Jean Swearingen moved on from a congressional seat battle to a Senate seat battle where she did get the nomination. And then she lost to her opposition uh, Republican candidate by 40 points. I didn't know that. Wow. She did get the nomination to Senate. And then uh, Amy Loved Valella it. has stepped back wow. and uh, is, is not currently uh, active. Mm-hmm. But she has said she she still intends to pursue this. She right. hasn't, you know, I, fully given up on it. But she she's not in, currently part of a of a of a race as of uh, the mm. most recent stuff I read. Mm -hmm. And hard and as hard as it is, of course, to see that it does really give you the full picture of of what they're doing and what so many women and, and people of color, I'm sure as well, um, or both have attempted to do and and start their political careers and go through the same thing that was highlighted, you know, with the three women that did not make it through that, you know, the through the documentary and Corey Bush made it made it later later and everything. But these are just this is the one time it's been documented. And I think not the ones, but it's just like I think they are very effective in this documentary to show that grind and to show how difficult it is. They were able to show their their backgrounds in effective uh, short snippet ways and then have a thrust of a docu a, a narrative within this documentary of um, them trying something and then a, a definitive point of like kind of ending the documentary as well as you, you either win or you don't. Um, and it was very possible that AOC couldn't, didn't even win either. Um, but to have a documentary that is kind of on the ride where they don't know where it's going to end as well it's kind of kinetic in, in that way. Like, um, I've seen HBO and I've seen, I don't know, I was thinking like the jinx or something where they essentially solve, <laughs> solved a case, but, uh, or like other things where it's just like, it's, there's certain things that are almost, yeah, they're like happening in real time. And then I think that, um, for however, uh, manipulative it is in, in certain points, I think they were, they were pretty effective at documenting what was going on in a, in a, in a flight by fancy sort of nature. Uh, and also, be, tell an effective story threading the line between these, these four candidates. It did feel like a stretch when they're, you know, they're calling each other at certain times and everything. And, um, yeah. you know, and, and that was, that was AOC's big line. And they, they have it like written at the end of the trailer too. It's like it, in order for one of us to get one, a hundred have to try to for, yeah. for just uh, one of us to, to succeed. Um, and it, it is a great line. It also feels like, she, yeah, she's ready to go. It's just like it's like politicians. They're just I don't know. You just feel. I like mean, they, she's the only one that won. Yeah, and it is, and it is so poignant and, and everything too, because there's a there's definitely a a, a truth to it. And um, but if you're gonna have a gripe with the documentary, the call felt kind of staged. Yeah, that's it felt my, like yeah, they were trying sure. to get that Thank line. Let's in talk there. about that. Yeah, like, let's do, let's talk about some gripes of this. Because uh, one thing that comes to mind too, we've talked about this, is that hey, you know the Ken's ken burns like kind of um focusing on just facts so that you can formulate your own opinions i would have loved uh more in this documentary um what is like where where does the apparatus what is it called uh we've said it already the that um is promoting these candidates what is it called again brand new congress brand new congress What's their deal? I want to know. I, I wanted in this documentary to know more about their deal because 
Yeah, I would have really get in this is just like, a documentary just about them would be would be stellar. That that would be the argument I guess you could make to my point that I'm making now is that that's its own documentary and this had its own like kind of very narrow point to make of Yeah. And largely this was um this, right. isn't a, this isn't a gripe on my part this is just an observation but the uh this is a, a deeply feminist um production it, it's put together yeah, by two sure. women who funded it through a kickstarter it's follows for oh, insurgent, insurgent politicians uh, yeah. who are all women uh and it just all great it, no, all, the, it, it's there. very much so it's definitely a um it's not like overtly feminist or unless unless it is just i guess it is overtly feminist I, to just tell women's stories and then to uh be part of that audience who does watch the movie and hear their stories that that is i guess that's feminism in action is you know we're showing up yeah, and yeah. listening to them tell their stories watching their stories unfold uh, it's not that, all, that it's not all about that that's just yet. they're all women who are, yeah. who are uh, challenging yeah. the, the seated that, politicians that's just who they and, and you know the movie starts with AO, AOC, are, yeah. aoc doing their doing her makeup and it and i thought that was oh yeah um, interesting a, story. A, good, a good way to just kind of have yeah. that be, if anything be, it's it's be a part the of the movie with, without without it having like there, there was yeah. not a dedicated portion of the movie where it was talking about women in politics it was just infused in the whole movie of like yeah this is Nat and the you naturally multiple times saying yeah the the majority of Congress is is old white men and uh, yeah they they want to feel represented and they want their ideas uh, heard and clearly they're not they're not that uh, not to say hey we're all three three white guys here ta talking about it and, and everything there's right. yeah, who the fuck are we who the fuck are we yeah, that's not a. Uh, it's definitely not a gripe for the movie. It's a, it's a positive that like they didn't hit you over the head with the the yeah. feminist message. It's just at all. Uh, and the human fact, the fact is, most of these over sixty lawyers just who is, are long seated uh, politicians are men, mostly white. So yeah, but it, it, it should be it should be like oh good to see some like women of color getting out there getting after it. And it's unfortunate only one of them made it through in the documentary. But again, Cory Bush did make it through the two years later. So it's it's good to see you know people it's not like it doesn't feel like forced diversity it feels no, like no not at all representative yeah, diversity. it's like diversity that represents right. the actual reality but, but being, yeah but being for sure the outsider in multiple ways not a politician but also an outsider as a woman I, I i think that that that's was where it succeeds por portrayed yeah. really well too where totally. there was never a point of, i'm i'm an outsider because i'm a woman. it was just you don't have to say you just know it's it's so obvious. right and, and such a the only scene, yeah. the only scene it's where it really absolutely thank you great great uh, choice of word but i was saying just at the beginning that that makeup scene is just saying yeah it's like i have to think about all the different options i can go with of how i can look to get the job done and it's like that just must be such a fucking distraction to get to do your job that you can't i don't know you can't just like put on your clothes put on your work attire or whatever and just go to work and get your job done and she seems just the person that like and maybe yeah of course the documentary wants to make the argument that, that way, feminists like, would make though yeah for sure like, like yeah and she's yeah. like guys can wear like one of There's all these things. societal <laughs> distractions that actually bring women down and that's why they're not able to succeed as as well as men is because we have uh we society has superimposed all of these restrictions on women that they have to spend so much time and money like there's also uh 
it, it, it makes me think of the beauty tax and understanding what that means, where women have to spend more money than men on makeup and on haircuts. looking uh, haircuts and all and all of these beauty uh, like beauty Same products cost more. Women's razors yeah, totally. cost more. Right. Same razor all in pink costs like totally, totally seventy percent more. Totally for sure. Yeah, and all of these. Yeah uh ceilings or like boxes that women have to be put in in order to be successful that are expensive restrictive like but i mean you know that's uh, that's a whole nother issue it just looks frustrating she looks so frustrated of like this is just another thing i have to fucking deal with like i know like there's all these totally, things i gotta do be frustrated about it it's like, fucking must suck like i don't know you know it's it's certainly it's, humanizing. It's slice of life. Yeah, yeah. Slice of life. There's a yeah. lot of slice oh, of life. Start the, yeah. start the documentary. Any detractor a, of hers uh, would be like, no, don't humanize her. <laughs> I don't want to see her as a person. I want to see her as my cartoonish, villainous mm-hmm. opposition. She hates America. She is all about, yeah, like, and everything adjacent to that is that she is just all that because that's kind of the opinion that I give because during uh, like um, researching for this episode, I was getting into like what Fox News thinks about AOC. Like I was on Fox News and I just searched into their, you know, into the website like AOC and all the articles that have to do with that. And so much of it is that. Like, and it's so crazy to just, if you were to take a step back and just look at, here is pages of articles about AOC on Fox News. Look at the headlines, look at the uh, meta descriptions of it. And it is so incredibly dehumanizing and creating her as a villain because she just, I'm just trying to really, uh, I guess maybe something that I would love to get into for this is like, why do Republicans hate her so much? Because I know we've talked about yeah. in this documentary. It's vitriolic. It's highly personal. <laughs> it, it just seems like because she's personal. a woman and she's a minority. Like there's a like a, a simplistic part of me that just feels like that's the only reason. Because even in the documentary, she's young. She's, she's, young, she's younger. She's I young. Mean. She's a woman, and she's uh, uh and she's. Uh, a minority like there's a part of me that thinks that that's the reason but then if i were to ask a republican they'd be like they would be like stop creating me to be this racist that's not the reason i don't i I think that's convenient i don't think it's the reason i think it makes it easy for them to to hate because a lot of people who do have these like closet uh hatred for women closet hatred for minorities they can project that without saying like ah i get to indulge in my kind of like secret feelings that like women are terrible they you know they they don't yeah it's a dog whistle they get to live that inside without having to openly say I feel it like, I, feel I think like what it is is imagine yeah. I feel like imagine there was there was a person who is representing I think this falls back into uh you know confirmation bias and like social media mm. bubbles and you know propaganda in its purest form of like propaganda to the exclusion exclusion of other ideas like you're propagandized too, to the point that you don't even realize you're propagandized because you you don't think there are other opinions that are valid. You think you know everything. Just right and wrong. They yeah. tell you everything that that you need to know. And mm-hmm. I think the reason they hate her in particular so much is imagine is she's a living boogeyman that you know has been unfairly characterized as being something she isn't. It's for example, say like Grand Moff Tarkin is a real person who really serves 
in Congress. Go on. Uh, and so you have this like person who represents in a in a very human way just all these wrong opinions. Th- this willingness to mistreat huge swaths of people and to like endanger whole planets just because of, you know, his bureaucratic might. And you're just like, but you're you can't do that. That's so unfair. That's so criminally evil like you can't you can't walk around and do that and you're in a position of power and it's so it's so wrong of you to use it to misuse your power in this really evil way and so they've they've been fed this lie that this person this woman from the bronx has these feelings she's evil she wants to destroy your way of life and she doesn't yeah. care that you don't want it she's going to force it on you and mm-hmm. she thinks that she's in the right for doing that she's so terribly misguided she's beyond saving mm-hmm. and she's so she needs to be destroyed and taken out of office and taken off tv because she represents everything that's wrong with the people that disagree with us is cuz they're willing to to hurt you and destroy your way of life right. and see you lose your job and see you lose your home and they they want to do things that racists are afraid of but we're not going to say out loud Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, so they, I think they, they've like done a, a good like job a sk- of painting sk- her into this figure that she isn't. So people are so angry at her and hate her so much mm-hmm. because they have a belief about her that just isn't true. She, she's a, like, we've already discussed what she is and everything I just said is cartoon fantasy. It's not real. No one is that. Mm-hmm. No, Donald Trump isn't that Donald Trump's just an old man. Like, <laughs> so He's not. He's not <laughs> Grand Moff Tarkin either. Yeah, no one right. is. That's a right. fictional he's too character lazy to be in, in a Tarkin. space fantasy because, like, only someone in a fantasy can be that purely evil. When yeah. you have forces of light and darkness actually duking it out in the real world, but like, no, that's pe- not the world we live in. People use will use her as a as a scapegoat and a, and kind of the lightning rod to yeah attribute other things to her um, that maybe have no, nothing to do with her or or just yeah represent. I think a, a, a scare, I mean, even, even we're, we're streaming on Twitch right now and our past yeah, guest, we got some, um, yeah, we got some, Aaron, the other Aaron that we have on our past guest in the matrix episode was mentioning the red scare and anti-socialism, um, as well. And, uh, yeah, great parallel hyper individualism yeah, and pull yourself great. up by your bootstrap. I mean, yeah, that's, that's something in the, within the Western world that, uh, we, we pride ourselves on, on the individual, uh, way more than the, than the community. And I, I, uh, also think there's something about her rhetoric and her way of speaking that is so passionate and, and so, so, um, emotional in, in a good way that you see, you see them, uh, you know, say like, don't, don't be emotional as a woman because, uh, the candidates themselves, um, in the documentary are, are saying like men have told us not to be like emotional because that come doesn't come off well uh, to people. And to me, I, it hits me, it hits me so hard seeing, uh, her being emotional and speaking straight from the heart. But I think there is a way to take things that she says either out of context, or you take a snippet of how she speaks in her, in her body language and everything like that. And I think it kind of scares people with, with how intense she is and, and passionate. Um, if you don't agree with with what she is saying, I think that comes off as kind of or, or whoa, if you like, think she I, think, if you think she represents man, something that, would that, be totally that she fine. doesn't actually represent. Then, I, then she, when it, you see that passion on her face, you see that that intensity in her speech. It does terrify you because you're like, oh my god, like she's gonna she wants to destroy our way of life, and like look how much 
people on her side eat it up that she's so like passionate about it because they think she's passionate about mm -hmm. things that they believe are objectively evil. When in reality, she's passionate about things she believes are good changes to pursue. Mm -hmm. And she's angry and fed up yeah, with, with, with the lack of energy and, 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 and that type of, yeah, the energy that she's, she's bringing to the table. Um, but yeah, I think that can be re repurposed in, in different ways by people who do oppose her and take what, uh, she does and, and, and repurpose into a bad way, which politicians are really, um, great at, but yeah, it, you know, it's, yeah, you, Brandon, you, you mentioned, yeah, if, if, if it was, uh, a guy behaving that way, then it would be, oh, wow, he is, he's so, uh, passionate and convincing and, and everything like so that. And I, was, I was saying, so, I was saying earlier yeah. that like, mm -hmm. you know, the the candidates in this documentary and uh we're saying they're you know they're scared not scared but like they they've been told not to be emotional by other people when they do their speeches because that's comes off bad to the people is, is what they've been told and i was i was telling aaron that it's just uh i i absolutely love that type of rhetoric and, and speech and um and and how uh i don't know it just it just really seems like they're it's just coming straight from the heart and there's, and there's, uh, there's no double thought of, of anything. It just, it just comes from, comes from the heart and that emotion, I think, uh, means a lot to me. And I think that's something that is lacking as well, you know? Yeah. But. I think something you said earlier, James, that resonated with me a lot is something I hadn't thought about, which is that she's a millennial and she talks like a millennial and that's, that's why uh, even the things she says where, uh, I'm like, oh, I, I think that's just, you know, a hat on a hat. I don't like that idea politically. Cause I think it's either, maybe I think it's pointless or maybe I think like, I don't never work, but I, I don't like vitriolically hate it. So, but even when I hear her say something, I'm like, I don't think that's going to pan out. I still <laughs> like the way she talks. Yeah. Totally. yeah. That's I, a, totally. Honestly, that's a great way of she how talks I, like a millennial I and yeah. she talks like a millennial who has worked food service. She talks yeah. like a millennial who has, you know, who struggles to make ends meet, or at least has mm -hmm. struggled in their life at one point it. to make ends meet and knows what that feels like, mm -hmm. uh, to, to like have just something as, as seemingly so ubiquitous for previous mm -hmm. generations, you know, the generation that you know, immediately preceded us and the one before that middle-classness seemed like if you just dot your I's and cross your T's, <laughs> you're there, you did it. Yeah. Like you didn't get a drug problem. You didn't yeah. get under, under a college down education. Credit card debt. Yeah, you're like fine. You, you're middle you're class. Fine. Congratulations. Yeah. And you're, you're white hey. and you own a house. And you're, and you're, white, you're a white usually. Man, like, yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, there, there's a certain way that I think most of us talk having this shared experience. And even if we are personally kind of doing better than a lot of our peers, just having that shared understanding that like a lot of our peers are struggling and most of us have struggled. And, uh, it's refreshing to see the same kind of like, uh, vibrancy in their speech patterns and to see Absolutely, the, dude. the same kind of like young and technologically savvy and media savvy, mm -hmm. but not that like chronically online kind of speech mm -hmm. that you get from, from some yeah. people that like can be kind of just like, ugh. Like it so, feels, it feels good to hear yeah, somebody talk she, that way. Even it, if I don't always agree with everything she says, I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm like, it's nice to hear somebody that sounds like me yeah, who has oh. an actual political office of one of the highest totally. orders. And sounds like she's from the Bronx. I mean, she is, she absolutely is. And, and she, when she's talking about her, her political angles, angles and what she wants to do 
in terms of canvassing and, and everything like that. She was she was even talking about like abolish ice and where where to put a poster that would say abolish ice. And she mentioned, I forget the location, but she knew the location of where that would be a good place to have that message. She knows her 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 proximal location and the place that she's choosing to represent so well. And I, I don't know, it's just stuff like that where she's she's having those conversations of whether the documentary is happening or not. There's certain things that, yeah, like the phone call and stuff it's like hey yeah they, they know the cameras here and they they want to say this line that's going to be in the trailer these platitudes and these like kind of yeah yeah very but she's just yeah. like spitballing she's i don't know i remember that moment she's just sounded so much like one of our buddies or something like that we're like oh that would be dope we should put a poster like that and not she didn't say dope or something like that. but she's she just kind of had that yeah it's the same watching her uh nervously walking into her after party mm-hmm. at her headquarters and like finding out she got the nomination, mm-hmm. the excitement is genuine and the, yeah, the fear and the sure. apprehension of like, I just don't want to know how badly I lost. Like I, I, if, if I don't go in there, I don't have to, I don't have to be a loser yet. Mm-hmm. And then to find out that against the odds, she actually made it like, that was a great um, feeling to watch that, especially since we I don't get that. that from the other three candidates because yeah, unfortunately for sure. they, they didn't yeah. uh, win their seats, but it was a, uh, or their nomination and that's, and that's where the documentary feels yeah. so naturally Good. like yes. it's just almost guerrilla filmmaking because you're just like watching this you know it is it is a historic moment in, in its own way and, and you're glad that there's a documentary being made at the same time as as this happening because yeah you really get that view of her being just so humble like so humble in her victory and uh I think the documentary, yeah, is very effective in those moments when it's not trying to, yeah, set up this edit, edit or, you know, showing past, past footage, which documentaries always do of like where they came from. All that stuff is always going to be in a documentary. But if you can be in the moment where something big like that happens and you're already making a documentary about this person and like something like if you, I don't know, you're making a Boston Red Sox documentary and they haven't won the World Series in 100 years or something. And oh, fever pitch. That's what I'm thinking about. The documentary. <laughs> No, I yeah, remember, yeah. You the remember Drew Barrymore that documentary yeah, that, about that, the uh, about the Red Sox, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, but I was just thinking about they made a movie about this dude that's obsessed with the Red. This is such a stupid point, but this dude that's obsessed with the Red Sox, Jimmy Fallon, and it's a it's a comedic, it's a romantic comedy, and they go to the game where the Red Sox fucking win. Really? Like I don't know, yeah. first time in however many years. And they have like, there's a movie being filmed at the same time. I just always, that just was like, wow, you guys got so lucky with that. I, remember, I, I bet the directors of that movie were just like, oh, wow, sure. can you believe yeah. this? But I would imagine the documentary filmmakers like, we don't have to do anything to this. We can just show AOC winning, you know, they probably put some music on it or whatever, but you just, yeah. you just must feel like, and I'm maybe being cynical, just thinking about it as a filmmaker or something. And it's just like, yeah, this is, this is great that, uh, but he, but then you think also even if she didn't win, they they easily could easily could have been a super effective documentary. The same, you know, it, it would have it would have highlighted all the points in a more saddening sort of way. But it would have been, yeah. I think, equally as effective. You know, I, I like the the feeling that I got seeing the end of her walking up to the Capitol, which is all very manipulative as well. Her walking up to the Capitol, yeah, and then starting and sit, to ride birds and, and talking so about her dad and riding birds, dead. like all that. That stuff is very much like, oh yeah, we made it. I don't know. It's just the kind of like. Uh, I mean, I can't help myself because like it's, it's just funny, millennial yeah. cynicism. Because yeah, when I watch that part, I'm just kind of like, <laughs> like you know, you can't help it. You're like, yeah, yeah. 
but then oh, i mean what are you talking about you know you got to put it in the documentary okay okay it's no like- man we're all millennials we love birds that's our thing we just can't get enough of those birds we're millennials Ooh, we saw that we're all like woo, my people <laughs> We also love watching each other succeed, though, on a, like a personal level. Like that's what social media is all about: is just people living their best life, and uh, you seeing somebody succeed in that. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't get a contrived or like put on nature of how could you when she wins she's like i don't know what to say right now like i had no idea Mm -hmm. that this was gonna happen and then also her getting into that uh bar where she's like that's me on tv like that's me and then the guy's like oh shit it is you (laughs) yeah yeah, get in there like okay he's like you can't come in it's like that's me on the tv yeah Yeah, that's like out of a movie and then he's like oh fuck i do notice you yeah i do yeah that is your face yeah uh we oh, all man. felt that at one point, whether it's like a bouncer or if you're like at a wedding and someone's like, so who do you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's almost like, like pretty woman or something. Yeah. Tulsa yeah. see her, her apartment. We're, too all with Julia with Roberts. Her. We're all Julia Roberts in that moment. Oh, God. Julia Roberts. Um, Put it on the yeah. t-shirt. We're all Julia Roberts. Oh, yeah. Man. We got to start That's, making shirts. Polarized yeah, podcast. Polarizing. Polarizing. Yeah. 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 Julia yeah. I love yeah. it. With the picture of AOC and people like, what? (laughs) We're all Julia Roberts. Oh, I love that. Mm. Um, yeah. So how 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 are we? How are we feeling? Uh, Do we? Do we? Let's uh, start. One more. The movie was boring. The first time I watched it, it was boring. It it took it took a while to get caught up in it, and then once I was caught up in it, uh, yeah, it moved on, and then I was bored again. And I did have to, it did feel educational. Like I was just kind of like, uh, I gotta, I gotta get through this. Cause we're going to do a podcast about it mm-hmm. at certain points. Like I was just kind of like, yeah. Oh, I mean, if, if I can I'm say bored. I was going to save it for more for my review, but I'll just, I'll just say that like there, if I do have a criticism as well, there is somewhat of a lack of focus a little bit here too. It's like, yeah, sure. They're, they're just kind of like rolling with these, these four women and seeing what happens. And like, yeah. Like I said, there's the a problem that, to really that where to me was Paula Jean Swearingen. And then as soon as we like get some more of her story, I was like, I just watch her whole movie. Sure. Um, but then sure. we moved on and we didn't come back to her mm-hmm. for like 24 minutes. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. And then when yeah. we brought back to her, I was like, oh yeah, this, this, I liked her. And I think, you know, the positives well, that I mentioned about being in the, in the bar and witnessing that where you don't plan that sort of thing, that's where the gorilla filmmaking and just kind of like seeing what happens kind of like comes to fruition and is effective. But I think when it's not is kind of that lack of focus of, of, uh, trying to find that through line. And when you do, it's almost kind of feels a little bit forced. I liked everything. I like, it's almost like it's not completely the sum of its parts a little bit because each separate part is, is really great. But, but somehow when you put it all together, um, yeah, it's, it's not super focused on, yeah, one person or thing. And even the, and even like the, the sense of like learning or like, uh, trying to campaign, I think again, is the main effective part of it of just four outsiders of politics trying to campaign and figure out how to learn the political system. Um, but within an hour and a half doing that with four different people and learning their backstories. And then, uh, it's just a lot, a lot to take in and the focus gets, yeah, I think a a little lost and it's more just a matter of like journalistic sort of see what happens, sort of documentary filmmaking of like witness this journey to, um, for, for, uh, these 
in a, in a more kind of, yeah, extemporaneous sort of way of them, uh, going through the, the system a bit in a, in a more specific way. It could have had more grander sort of statements that I was trying to make. Yeah. About either feminism or the, or left or right. And in that political system and, or like and more brand about new their, Congress, like the movement to, mm-hmm. yeah, brand new Congress yeah. and, 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 and talking more about specifically, um, political <laughs> ideals and, 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 uh, but it, it was more personable to uh, the main the main people that were that were running, and that was a big part of it was showing their their personal lives. And um, yeah, it just it had a dash of dash of everything, and it had really good stuff. Uh, but yeah, as it, I guess that would be my my criticism is that it kind no, of no, like, that's my criticism kind of, too. Kind for of sure. floats, floats around a a little bit, you know. Yeah, or it doesn't. It, it's like it it's had a weird inflection point of like it doesn't get too much into things mm-hmm, right and you also don't want it to get that yeah. into it mm-hmm. too so it just kind of meets you at this weird unless like, it was like a, a series or something where you know you you kind of like yeah like a docu-series where it's like yeah. each episode was one of the candidates and then maybe you would have this overarching conversation about like progressive politics or what have you mm-hmm. um yeah no no that's a fair because that that's also my gripe too is that i you know i would have liked to have known more about what the apparatus or what the uh kind of inner workings of the movement that was sponsoring these candidates and what they were about and just kind of getting an idea of what the history is or things like that because obviously they are so fundamental in building up candidates that are running against incumbent people or like establishment people or just like trying to promote candidates that uh that are for their or are aligned with their agenda. And it would be really interesting to know more about like, yeah, them as an organization mm-hmm. and get into kind of the history of that, because obviously that organization is influencing politics because they are obviously supporting Mm-hmm. political candidates that run for office that end up you know some win some don't but the the ones that do uh influence yeah like mm-hmm. policy and you know the conversations that are being had so uh, yeah that's uh, that is also my critique as well that i'll get into at the end um but yeah let's uh let's jump into some uh reviews aaron you you still with yeah. us yeah i'm still here i'm uh my camera's acting up okay all good. Um, we're going to start doing some uh, critics reviews here. Um, I'll peruse on over to Ron Tomatoes. We, uh, we get again, 99% rating yeah. by critics. Like, right. You can't get much higher people. Um, and then you can't get much lower than 10% from the audience, uh, which, yeah, I don't know if we're going to find a more polarizing, uh, film than, than this one. Um, let's get through some, uh, some of these critics. Uh, we will start with, uh, let's see here. What's, what's a good one. Let's go with vanity fair from Sonia Saraya. Um, what animates the whole film is just how much these women are willing to work, sweat and fight for what they believe in with a single minded dedication that has them panicked, exhausted and outnumbered. Yeah. It's, I mean, you really, yeah, you really feel like their backs are against the wall. Yeah. Um, from Leah, Leah Greenblatt entertainment weekly. A documentary that captures one of the most electric moments in recent history on radically human terms. 
radically okay. human. Um, I mean, Alyssa, that's, yeah, okay. Alyssa Wilkinson, Vox, uh, Knocked Down the House, is the rare documentary that, about today's American political landscape that might make you shed happy tears. It definitely did that for me. I was choked up. At, uh, I was choked at a few, up. A few points of the, the movie. Me too, sure. man. Yeah. I, was, I was seriously in that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, like it's seeing someone I, I like AOC, like be emotional yeah. about which it's like, you, you kind of like replicate it so much. I, I don't know. It's like, from yeah, a very animal like, instinct, oh my like God. you start to feel it yourself, just seeing someone. Yeah. And it just all seems very, uh, uh, sincere. It, right. I just have a hard time. And you know, we've talked about this already, but like, I have a hard time watching the pursuit of these people's passions and not go like, even if I don't agree with their, you know, agenda or their talking points about how to fix a problem, like these people give a fucking goddamn about what they're doing. And it makes me like, and it brings me to tears to think about people caring so much about something because like that is like the most human and beautiful thing about life is that you care about something with such like the, with the explosive nature of a thousand sons, like that you need to do this thing and it needs to happen because you want life to be better. Mm -hmm. And like, not for just for you, but for your community, not for, not for, yeah, not just for you, for fucking all the people that you care about. And it's like, yeah, okay. Should we, tax people more to get us there like that's not the point that's being made here it's about it's about loving people and about pursuing things enough and with a a fervor that it's like i mean i don't know like you're gonna you're willing to put up with so much bullshit you're willing to put up with all of these hurdles i mean something we haven't mentioned in this and i'll just briefly mention it before we get totally into our reviews is like there were a couple moments in this documentary that brought in uh activists from uh martin luther king's era and like uh, kind of like adjacent like black panther stuff and just their opinions about how the people will work towards bringing you down like and work towards making your voice not be heard because of x y and z like things that they're coming for you kind of attitude and like no matter what your political leanings are it's like these are americans like this i i just i fucking can't Dan, this whole socialist, like the people like having a European mindset about politics and economics that are ruining the fabric and of American society where it's like, I mean, like, yeah, they may not, they may be on a different side of the political spectrum than you are, but they're fucking Americans. Like, I, and I don't know. Way like, to, get over yourself. Get... Like, yeah, they have a different opinion. So fucking what? Your opinion is this thing. Like, fu- like, uh, uh, it just that shit drives me so nuts, and it made me so sad yeah. because, like, ultimately, we saw just americans struggling with things that matter to them like and it doesn't have to be about should we tax people to get social programs enacted should we you know not get involved in x y and z uh like geopolitical uh you know fucking um issue it's just like 
I don't know. There's people that give a fucking goddamn about the people that they love and care about, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And there's a way to get, there's a way to get on that baseline together as people. And it's just a matter of, yeah, the, the execution and the methodry of, of doing it. But that's where, that's where people get, get upset. But I, I think that finding that baseline of understanding that we are all moving forward, whether we like it or not. So it might as well be together rather, rather than apart to uh, borrow an American colloquialism, I guess. <laughs> but, um, right. uh, yeah. We'll move on to uh, a couple more critics reviews. Um, Peter Travers, classic Rolling Stone. Um, this galvanizing all access Netflix doc concerns the 2018 primary campaigns of four grassroots female Democrats, AOC, Villela, Bush, and swearing, uh, Swearingen, Swergen, that's how you say it. And their fighting spirit blazes through every frame. Um, Brian Lowry, CNN, yeah, whatever. Brian Lowry, uh, CNN.com. Perhaps what knocked down the house does best in that context is highlight the enormous odds that Ocasio-Cortez had to overcome, as well as the dismissive nature of her opponent, the congressional veteran Joe Crowley. Yeah, he was very, very uh, I think dismissive is, a, is an apt way to put it. I mean, he was very dismissive of that Bronx debate. I thought that was such a, that was that part was great. Yeah. Um, seeing, seeing her kind of own that own that room. Um, seeing once. absentee leadership in action. Yeah, right. It totally. played out perfectly for her to show to prove her point and and uh I I thought she nailed it and um that was that was something that was just you know, it's sad that it's at the cost of people people's uh betterment and everything, but it is ironic and almost yeah, almost laughable seeing like oh, so they're going to make this documentary about it and just see see it play out all these things that she's saying about this guy and then the the push comes to shove here you go here's an opportunity to debate and he just doesn't even show up he doesn't even show up and, totally but that's yeah. because we're viewing a documentary i know on i know Netflix. i know yeah but and it's all if, it's you, all if you look at the no room way, yeah. there's like i know 20 ish people there yeah. it's like yeah he do, he doesn't show up because he has consistently been able to just say like well because i'm working Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can't do this because I don't have time for 25 people when I'm trying serving, uh, you know, thousands mm-hmm. of people. It just served, think, like I even when I'm saying it served the document, documentary filmmakers really well. Uh, yeah, it did. It yeah, definitely totally. served the documentary filmmakers well. Because, but I did, I do think that moment was great because it, it, to some degree it shows that like the jig is up that he's not out there working for you, mm-hmm. for his district's constituents and sure. voters. He's out there working for himself and the party and the mechanism at large. He's out there playing ball uh, and not, you know, literally just voting the will of the, of his voters. He's, Mm -hmm. he's trying to further, you know, larger motivations and larger goals with his political clout and power. And he's, he's so established that he's like, I don't have to worry about getting elected so I can serve the party. Like I can be this big Democrat Right. Uh, linchpin right. and kind of like cross the lines in a way that kind of makes both people happy in a very lukewarm complacent sort of way um, whereas what we what the what the voters of that district of uh, 14th new york voted for was for somebody who didn't who represented the opposite somebody who was like oh i'm not going to be a linchpin of the party i'm going to be a disruptor mm-hmm. i'm going to anytime somebody tries to talk about something i'm going to bring up like how does this serve our voters and they're going to be like Shh. 
<laughs> we just say pessimistically though that they didn't vote for her i would just say that her district votes more so than other districts in the u.s and they really voted on the fact that that person just showed up and there was a level of that it communicated also to in the documentary but like that's also my opinion as well as like i don't know she kind of won because she just fucking did the, her homework and like showed up to the test and like was present when the teacher called uh, you know on who's sitting in the classroom but it's, but it's, then, it's that it's so much harder for her to do any of that of being where she's she's coming from you know and it's like, it, she, yeah yeah right. it'd be one it'd be one but thing if like someone someone decided to do that who was afforded every opportunity to be like you know what yeah i, I will run for politics because my dad did or or something like that um yeah i, I know i i know i know what you're you're saying though because the the bar that he set was so low is is what you're saying right that that um it's a, i i wouldn't even go so far to say that is like cuz like it's not that it isn't no, you know what? It is that. It is that. The bar is low because to the point that was made earlier in the podcast by Aaron and we've talked about this is that there is a age demo. There is a type of person who has been a career politician in the last couple decades, and they are in this game because it is a job. And that is a human fucking reaction to shit. Like you go into your life and you want things to like, especially as you get older, like you want things to chill out. You want things to not be so tumultuous and you want things to like, I am going to do my job and I'm going to do it well, but I want it to be contained in this arena that my job exists in. And when people come in that challenge that there's that it almost and it also thinks it makes me think of like ageism as well as like why there is always such a cantankerous relationship between and I've seen this at companies that I've worked at and just I would assume happens in business of what I've read in general is that there are always going to be people older and then there are going to be people younger that challenge that and there is going to continue and maybe forever be a cantankerous relationship between those two parties but that's also how progress happens because ultimately those older people are going to pass away unfortunately but that's life and then those younger people are going to take control over things and so there is always going to be this like well this is how i want to do this and then somebody's saying well we've always done it this way and it's worked in you know x y and z manner but just because it's comfortable and just because that's how it's always been isn't the right way to do it. And it's so it is understandable that you will feel threatened by somebody coming in and telling you something different. But understand that progress is a wheel that is turning outside of you yeah and whether you like it or not yeah whether you like it or not so like getting in the way of it actually like and i've seen this in my career as well already is like the when a elder starts to recognize and value a younger mentality or a new way of thinking about things they actually get into a position of authority and power 
that maybe isn't the top, you know, the top call, but they get into a position of authority in knowledge and in understanding, which is where you want to get to as you get older, is you don't want to be the person making the calls because you're fucking old. You're tired. Like, that's why, you know, I don't get why the president is typically on average like fucking 70 something years old. Like at that age, don't you want to just like have intimate conversations maybe less frequently and then spend more time just like taking naps and doing whatever you want to do <laughs> on your own. Like, I don't know. Um, but those people who, uh, uh, those elders that don't get in the way of progress and build up the new generation position themselves so well as they age out and pass away from this immortal coil because they position themselves as like a mentor or a um kind of a, a sensei of uh, if you will and like i don't know i'm a young person relatively and there are people younger than me like you're always seeking for mentorship like you're always wanting yeah mentorship is a, a good way to use um experience and there's there's definitely uh you were saying earlier how there is that um temptation to hate the young and to resent the old and that exists with every age group up and down the line it's like it's just like on the freeway, everyone going faster than me is a maniac. Everyone going slower than me is an idiot. And that temptation is always there, but that doesn't serve us well. Cause like all the, all the old people who are older than us, they're just older. And all the people who are younger than us, you know, are, they're still figuring it out and we should do our best to help them. And it doesn't do to like hate the young and it doesn't do to like dismiss the old and say like all these old people. And it, it, I don't think the problem can just be all these old people in office, like I, I, all these old voters. I, I think we have to, at some point, in some way, agree on some stuff so that we can uh, do better for everyone. It's just, there's system, there's, yeah, there's, <laughs> Which doesn't seem so far away, there's, but does seem so like far away. Like, that seems like pretty, basic seems like a low bar, it's like system, yeah, systemic, you know, nobody could ever make. Yeah. You know, we gotta it's agree on stuff you're, stuff you're talking about, we'll be okay. Some of the we stuff we're, talk, we're talking about, like, we gotta agree on shit. Yeah. Yep. We're talking about, like, side effects to the, to the real issue. You know, we're talking about effects rather than causes sometimes, you know, and it's just like getting to the, getting to the root of it and the systemic stuff that needs to change is so difficult and in, in learning to work within the system to change the system as they, as they, they seem to be trying to do is just seems like such a Heruclean, I can't do it. Heruclean task. Herculean. Uh, Don't, don't make me do it. It's Odyssean. It's Odyssean. It's it's Herculean. 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 So yeah, no, I I try these words every now and then. It just I, I stumble on the on. distance. Yeah, it's definitely. I am on my pursuit. way. I can go, I can the, go distance. the distance. Yeah, okay. nice. We're doing yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I don't care how far. Oh, yeah. If I yes. can be strong. Mm-hmm. 
What's how does the bridge go? I know every worth my while. I would go most anywhere. Yeah, hell yeah. That made me so happy. All right, I'm I'm back. You got it out of me. Yes. Woo. That felt great. Can you do Meg? No, that'll be another time. Yeah, some other time. No chance. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going on to audience reviews. I'm going to kind of do like rapid fire uh, through this. Um, they're mostly short. Yeah, they're mostly they're short. So I'm just going to kind of run run through. You'll get like kind of an I think a better idea of people's people's feelings. Um, half star. Knock down. Drag out. Snooze fest. Uh, another half star. Well, they sure are impressed with themselves. Um, another one. Pedantic alt reality. Uh, these are all half stars that I'm reading. Another one. It is bad from start to finish. Uh, AOC is absolutely rubbish. Um, next. I know Netflix will put out some real stinkers, but more often than not, that's what they put on there. But this, this gives new meaning to the words. What the fuck were you thinking? Um, I was thinking the Netflix thing got people upset too. Like they put on Netflix and then they were faced with that of like, they have the option to watch it. Like they had already paid for this thing that they didn't like. Rather yeah, than just movie, seeing like a seeing a poster like at the movie theater, like no fuck that, I'm not going to go see it. I, they were like, oh, I, 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 I have Netflix and Netflix is making this stuff, and I pay for Netflix. Netflix didn't and make now it it's though. Like, it was a two woman film right team that made it on a Kickstarter fund of twenty eight thousand dollars. Oh, super wow. low budget. I didn't and know that. Then wow, that's super Netflix, low. And then it did the it did the uh, the film festival circuit. Oh. And then after that, Netflix bought it. Wow. After it received traction at the film festival circuit, okay. it did like eight like eight big film festivals. And then Netflix bought it for ten million dollars. Wow. From the uh, everyone the the owners. Wow. It was essentially just the two the two woman film team. Yeah, I think that I just think that uh, that's thank you so much for that history because I didn't I didn't know about twenty eight thousand. Wow, that's that's, that's amazing. And the, and, and the Kickstarter too is like that's almost a vote for people wanting to see it from from the people that support her as well. So it's just I I, I was I just thinking that yeah, like someone puts on Netflix. Remember, oh, what are you going to watch earned, tonight? When they started filming, AOC hadn't been elected, right? And mm -hmm. none of this this was all real time this was after donald trump got elected the kickstarter went live gotcha and uh, within two years and only it, they they planned the movie and started filming 28 I, grand that, that makes it that that makes me like the movie that much more to be honest and and to that was why that. the parts that weren't like weren't the best that mm -hmm. i did have gripes with i was just like you you got to cut them some slack because even though netflix made it a 10 million dollar movie it was filmed for 28,000. They the made the book. music as well. One of the, one of the sisters, I believe made the music. And then I noticed the best boy was a combination of both their last names or some Blotnik and the other last name. So it was just, it seemed like, yeah, it was a lot of family and, and people. Lears and Blotnik were the two, yes. the two women who, who made it. Yeah. And there was best boy and that had both of those names. I was like, Oh, it's all, it seems all like in-house family sort of, sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, they made the music as well. And I, I was just, yeah, I kind of applaud that, uh, they were able to, to kind of do this in, in a way that honestly it seemed to me like it was Netflix produced, like it was already produced by Netflix. Cause it, it seemed like pretty well, well shot. And um, you know, they knew what they were doing and, and it was yeah. like, like yeah. you were saying, maybe that's why people are so mad is because they feel like Netflix made this, but they Netflix didn't even know AOC was going to get elected. Nobody did. And the Kickstarter funders didn't know that either. They, they just mm -hmm. thought they were filming a, a look at four outsider politicians making a run for candidacy. And then this and came out right after she, and this came out after, obviously, because you see it in, in, in it and everything. So when it dropped, people 
rolling up on their Netflix and seeing that they're like, I don't want to watch this. Why is this on my Netflix? Like I got to voice my opinion somehow about how upset I am that this is even uh, available or like the trailer started playing when they turn on Netflix. They're like, Oh, get this off. Um, These progressive Democrats are just shoving down their, their agenda. Netflix is just a shill for the democratic party. It's the leftist media, Brandon. The leftist media. Yeah. It's just fake news. I'm fake sorry. News. I know. Why am I not using the uh, appropriate term? It's fake news. Exactly. Um, there needs to be what, what, what parlor no is to Twitter. There needs to be a, there needs to be a, a Netflix for that as well or something. There, there's um, a, uh, there's a, there's some evidence to show that Netflix does have a, a left, a left leaning like bias to them as far as Americans are concerned based sure. on the content they do choose to uh, pay for. Mm-hmm. uh to put on their platform yeah uh, but that said netflix is a multinational company and america is super far Works right with their eyes compared yeah. to the rest of the world like what mm-hmm. most of the world sees as right wing is still significantly further left than any party in american politics mm-hmm so yeah. we are we're it, it appears that way especially to american viewers that netflix has a left slant but that's only because America as a country is, is so deeply right wing mm-hmm. that it's uh, it, it comes across that way. Whereas in reality, yeah. they're probably pretty middle of the road in terms they make of some good documentaries. I was just thinking of uh, it's called 13th about the 13th Amendment. And um, I highly recommend that one yeah. to, yep. to anybody. Yeah, as well I, that I enjoyed that one. Taught me a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, the director of that is I think she's she's done a lot. Of, I think she did. Did she do Selma? I think, too. I know she's done a lot of mm. good stuff as well but um yeah they they make they make good documentaries uh i mean chef's table come on that's about oh, something come else on. come on <laughs> i can't uh, man <laughs> <laughs> i love chef's table. chef's table man um and all the Somebody animal, animal documentaries they got oh it's they, they uh they i feel like they have documentary crews for any situation and it's usually like a good presentation and it seems like the perfect thing for netflix to make is a documentary of just like oh we can just send a film crew out and and they can just report report on this and and uh we have like our whole team of editors that can put it together i don't know it just seems like that they and, like, buy those stand-up the, comedies or they just buy the um, but i mean they produce some too but that and like stand-up comedy producing them just okay. means just like giving them money in order for distribution essentially like giving them money to like uh fix up things or to like market it and things like that because like ultimately a lot of that stuff is already not maybe not fully made but it's like done on a bootstrap budget or by an indie filmmaker and then they're like where you know you've pitched this to us like there's a level of, i guess is the point i'm making is it's like there's a level of this that is already done mm-hmm. and netflix is now buying it to include it in yeah. its distribution yeah i should definitely take that um into account there's just something about the unity of aesthetic in some of their uh documentaries that makes it seem like yeah they kind of know what they're doing it's like a you know well-oiled machine of them doing stand-up comedy specials of just like oh we just need a camera and a stage and someone up there and we'll pay like however much to dave Chappelle just because everything else is so cheap <laughs> you just you need one stage and then a microphone and a camera and a couple right. cameras and, and then you know just uh, two turntables and a microphone where it's at so um where's that helped, uh we got on that because we were talking about uh, yeah. reviews. The, the reviews, the, the yes. viewer reviews. Yeah, which uh, we're going to get into our review. We're upset at Netflix in particular. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do a couple. Any, what, yeah, should I do a couple more rapid fire ones? Yeah, please. It's more of the same, but yeah, please just hit. Yeah, hit it's them. really, it's really all uh, same. 
uh, similar between the Do like five more quickly. Different? Yeah, five more yeah, quickly. Ooh, wow. Okay, okay so five LMAO, more quick. how does this even That's, have an audience? should be the, the title of our of the segment. What's five that? more quickly? I like five that more a lot. Quickly. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm just throwing it. Uh, let's let's see. So yeah, it has a ring to it. Let's start. All right. So one, LMAO. How does this even have an audience score of ten? Two. Yikes, that was extremely bad. Three, even if you like AOC, it's so boring to watch. So this person sounds like they like AOC mm, and they still, mm. didn't, still didn't like it. No, that's a fake. That's a faux thing. They're saying if, you, if somebody, if you like her, which I don't, but if somebody did like her, how could you find this uh, entertaining? Okay. That kind of attitude. Gotcha. Um, these two are a little bit longer, but these will be the last two. Aaron H, half star. I saw the critic score of 100%, so I thought, this must be amazing. I feel like I must have watched a completely different movie than the ones they watched. It was absolutely terrible, and it actually made me dislike Alexandria Cortez after it was all over. I now see the audience score, and I would say it is much more accurate compared to the critics. From now on, I'm only using the audience score as a go-by. No way I can trust the critics ever again after this terrible experience. This person made them rethink Rotten Tomatoes. That's what, no, that's what everybody <laughs> says, though, in the audience. We've we've done this podcast enough where the audience never consider, like, oh, respects the critic. More often than not, like, okay, maybe very few times. I, I guess I shouldn't say never and speak in pluralities or be hyperbolic. Um, because that's not helping anybody. <laughs> we've kind of talked about that. But... Uh, like the what we what we've experienced with the audience reviews is that they never laud the critics or praise them in any of their reviews because those critics are like these professional elitists that are don't understand like are so in the clouds or it's like, anti-intellectualism for sure yeah for sure like you're not of the people you're just speaking in this like uh this devil tongue of yeah high intellectualism that it doesn't really represent anybody on the planet earth and yeah there's yeah you're not um, an average joe you understand movies on a professional level you probably even right. to college <laughs> think you're better than me <laughs> what do you think god forbid you you talk about themes and tone and oh <laughs> Look at this, uh, just churching up all of this shit. <laughs> uh, I'll do. I'll do the final one. This has a has a term within this review that I think we'll we'll all uh, find in, find uh, excitable. This f- half star. This film would be enjoyable were it not for its extremely polarizing message. Yeah. Hey, hey. hey they said the thing. They said the thing. They said um, the thing. Though AOC's unprecedented ascension Roll to the credits. United States. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for us. Um, The AOC's unprecedented ascension to the United States Congress was undeniably admirable. The film cannot demonstrate enough momentum to accurately portray her struggle. Wow. It seems like they got it. They got the, they got the movie. I mean, easy to get, but I think that person actually watched it. Yeah. Yeah, And had a real critique about it. Okay. Fair. Part of why the other, the other reviews don't ring, uh, you know, like true to me or don't, don't seem like, valid or like actual reviews like they actually watch the movie and they have a criticism of the movie itself seems like if they watched it they watched like five minutes of it just so they could review it Mm -hmm. but more likely a lot of them just didn't watch anything maybe just watch the trailer and they they seem fixated on the fact that like boo aoc but it's like there was a lot going on in the documentary it was really about you know outside 
female politicians of color who are challenging established politicians. And it wasn't really left versus right. It was for in the most part in these instances, left versus left. And they were, uh, which is really, you know, incumbent versus newcomer. And they were, it was, you know, uh, rookie of the year versus uh, world champ. And they were, uh, they're fixated on boo AOC. We hate AOC. And it's like, that's like very little about what this documentary's message was. So it really doesn't come across like they watched it. It doesn't seem like a lot of the, it feels review bombed. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 99, I went through like 10 pages of this and it was all the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Half star, eight word sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, not very relevant to the actual film. They got it. They, they burned this movie so bad. Oh Oh, my God, man. What a, what a fulfillment these people must get that, you know what, this movie is now, uh, audience, uh, the poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, man. I know it's job. also kind of fundamentally the basis of this podcast, but also fuck Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> hey, it's I mean, yeah, we'll be, the, like we'll, be the, we'll be the first <laughs> like, to say it, dude. We'll be the, we'll first, be the to say first people it. to say it. Like, yeah. I don't know. The movie is kind of dry. And for, and if somebody isn't very <laughs> interested in politics at all, if somebody's like politically apathetic and or, or you know, they already are just politically super right. polarized or they're politically just exhausted. Then, totally. Yeah, this movie's not going to be entertaining or like worth watching at all. It's it's not yeah. like it's not the new season of Demon Slayer. It's not going to be a oh big crowd God. pleaser. It's like you know, it, it, only a few people are going to actually watch it. Well. And of those that actually watch it, a, a lot of them are just going to be like, "Well, that was kind of boring." Yeah, and and I just I could even it picture people like that outrageous. that have this hyperbolic or evil view of AOC. I don't know. It could be an opportunity to to learn more about it, but why would you even do that if you already formed your opinion? And I think that's a lot of what the people's political, political opinions most of the time are already figured out in their minds and they just want stuff that'll reinforce it and not something that will challenge them. Um, so yeah, these people confirmation are, bias. Exactly. These people yeah, are, these people are sure. decided how just they felt about my it. Head and See? tell me I'm correct. <laughs> Life is so much easier when that's all the, case. the things that you believe that we told yeah, you to believe. Exactly. You're right to believe those things. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I told you right. Yeah, and, and yes, human, you're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But uh, I think they they uh, they succeeded. I think uh, I hate this movie because I now read these reviews. So thank you, uh, audience yep. members, mm-hmm. for convincing mm-hmm. me. Okay, otherwise. let's get into the uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Let's. Are you guys down to get into final thoughts here? yeah absolutely um, uh let's uh, our guest let's go would you care to start aaron yeah if that's okay or you can go I'd be honest, whatever, whatever you prefer I, 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 we'll put the ball would, in your court I, i'll put the ball in your court you can either go first or go at the end i'll kick us off okay uh final thoughts you uh, cannot go in the middle first or end. and then oh, oh let me just uh this is okay so this is the segment this is our final review. So just um, w- w- at the end of your review, you're going to talk about uh, what you like, what you didn't like about the movie, and then just give a uh, Rotten Tomato score. So uh, one uh, or zero out of 100. And then, um, yeah, that's it. And one thing, if I can just say one thing, uh, Brandon, if you can do me one big solid buddy, if you can just, this is just from a sound perspective, if you can watch your uh, headphone wire against your microphone, I'd greatly appreciate it. <laughs> sure. Thank you, my friend. I was just hearing a little like. We know who stuff. does the editing around that kind of here. stuff. I know. I'm just like, oh, no. 
<laughs> but it's all good. It's You're all creating good. work for me. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Well, let's move on. Aaron, please uh, kick us off here. Sure. Uh, so final thoughts. Uh, to review the movie in Rotten Tomatoes fashion, I think overall this was an enlightening look at how difficult it is to challenge established uh, political mechanisms and how difficult it is for what you would call normal people to you know, be given the opportunity to serve their community and to hold office. And I think if you were under the impression that the system was pretty fair, and then you watch this documentary, you might walk away and go like, oh, so it's like really an insider club. And, you know, they don't want us to play with them. So they, they want to keep us out, us being just normal folks uh, who have a who take it of a mind who, who feel passionately about political service and about making change. I think the movie's message was pretty well delivered, though it was scattered at times, as we discussed. It could be boring uh, is probably the least generous thing I could say about it is that like, it's kind of boring. Um, but all in all, the messaging was good. The editing, the score, everything was put together pretty well. It wasn't heavily editorialized, which is something I appreciate in a documentary. I don't like to be spoon fed. I don't mind being shared in a pit, like having an opinion shared with me, but I, I appreciate not being spoon fed by the documentary and being, being allowed to mostly just, uh, see what took place as it was documented by the film crew. Uh, and it, so my score for the film would be, I'd give it four out of five stars, kind of in light of everything I know about the film itself. 100% out of zero out of a hundred. So, uh, well, a Rotten Tomato, a, a critic, a, a viewer reviews out of five no, stars. No, but just, I, no, no, yeah, just zero an, out of a hundred percent. is. So don't eight, think so about it so, so much. Yeah. In 80. 80. Yeah. 80? I'd, give it, okay. I'd give it an 80 out of a hundred, four out of five stars. Good movie. Would you give it a point? A, a point anything or would you just keep it at a 8.00 i don't think it earned more but i don't think there's enough going against it based on like the circumstances of its making and its production to like warrant taking anything away i think for what it is it does a good job at being what it is so like as a person you know critiques a movie you can't critique what it isn't you critique what it is and I, i'd say it's it's pretty good at doing that um could have been better but all in all like good i could use that reminder sometimes <laughs> of like yeah i always try to like rewrite movies sometimes in my head and especially on this podcast i'm like oh it could be better if this or that and we always try to like rewrite yeah, the movie and, and try to imagine like what it could be differently but as i've constantly realized when i try to do that it's yeah if you take something away or if you add something you're gonna create some other problem elsewhere so it's it's hard to i know as as a critic that's what a critic's job is but it's it's hard to understand the full scope of it uh, in terms of, yeah, making a Kickstarter movie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I can only imagine. But um, should I should I continue, Brandon? Should I go next? You want to sure. finish you want to finish this off here? The, yeah, uh, I can. I started this off. You know what? I'll finish this off. Yeah, Brandini as the closer. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed this documentary. I thought uh, that the, the most effective parts were the canvassing and the insurmountable odds I thought were effectively portrayed. It's seemingly insurmountable odds portrayed for these people to try to accomplish their goals and their tasks of running for um, Congress. And I, 
enjoy that personal element that they added as well than being able to be extemporaneous and um, real about the personal lives without ha- it having to do that thing in a lot of documentaries was like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was born and da, 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 and was raised by his father. Her father was this and her mother was that. It's like she was able to say a lot of that stuff from her own mouth. It provided some like, uh, you know, footage of her family and, and stuff like that. Um, but I really I felt like I got to know enough about each of the the candidates um, to have me care about them, you know, as as people, <laughs> you know, and it's it's uh, I think sometimes it's hard with politicians because it is such a on a facade when, when you're, when you are a politician and, and how you come off to people, um, is, is almost a character, you know, and, and there's something that transcended, uh, for some of them where, where, when they were speaking, it came straight from the heart, um, and doing as, as a documentary goes, yeah, the stuff that was going to happen apart from the documentary already taking place was the most effective and was the best when it was, you felt like it was starting to happen because there was a documentary being made, like they were doing things because there were cameras around, they were having conversations or saying things in certain ways or, or sit or even like, I don't know. Yeah. Again, her singing in front of the Capitol, it was a very powerful moment, but also it seemed like, I don't know how it was angled. It just kind of had that moment of, of like the seams like framed and, and wanting to be portrayed and, and, uh, almost it starts to feel fictional at that point because it is so perfect of these little pieces that they're putting together, um, rather than journalistically just, seeing what happens, i.e. yeah, like the, the bar, um, that moment was something that was just, uh, an un- almost uncontrollable explosion of emotion from everybody around. And that was something that, yeah, like it does feel like you as the viewer went on the journey and kind of like, Oh, that's a win, not only for her, but that's kind of, yeah, it's a win for all these people. It's a win to, you know, take a little notch off, off the system. And, uh, while it was unfocused in certain parts, it's like, yeah, there's what they, what they possibly could, uh, accomplish within this documentary. I'm not sure what it would have taken. Uh, it, it would have been to make it more focused on a person. Um, I'm sorry, Aaron, I forgot again. What is the, what is the name? Is it the new Congress? Brand, brand um, new Congress. Brand new brand Congress. New you know, it could have gone into any number of, of these different, uh, focused areas. And yeah, maybe it was a little bit more focused on AOC because she does win at the end and they knew that within the editing room that, you know, we can lead up to that win now that we know that that happened. Um, but yeah, knowing, thank you for the, for the background on the Kickstarter thing. I think that does kind of color, uh, yeah, my opinion a little bit. It's like, wow, that's, that's, uh, clearly something that people wanted to see if it was kickstarted and enough so that they were able to make it. Um, I totally think it's worth seeing, uh, whether you agree or not, I think again, that it was effective in, uh, driving home the message of, uh, top versus bottom rather than left versus right. Uh, it was something that, yeah, I, I feel like I learned something. I feel like it was very emotional, uh, for me, even if it was manipulated, that's what the documentary is like a documentary is going to do that. And some of the best ones do. Um, and like you were saying, Aaron, you don't want it to be too editorialized. You don't want it to be too, too much of that, but it's, it's going to be that unless again, you're watching Ken Burns documentary about the history of baseball or something like that. And, uh, it's just not that sort of thing. It's, it's, uh, it's something that is also not what a lot of people I think expect when they voted without even watching the movie, as I suspect for a lot of people. And that, uh, I'm glad we were able to have that conversation about, things that are extraneous even to the movie. And I think 
what we learned last episode, Brandon, with Haywire starring Gina Carano is like we it's inescapable at a certain point is like we're going we to have to that, Darren. Yeah, we're going to have it. to talk about this stuff. We, we talked about a Soderbergh, which we're not going to get back into it. We talked about a Soderbergh, Soderbergh movie with Gina Carano. Gina Carano that came, do you know that that the, came out in the two, that came out in 2011? And uh, you know, I watched Haywire. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. uh, I, I watched it uh, with my dad, actually. And uh, Hell we yeah. enjoyed the movie. Uh, we thought yeah. her, her performance was great. Right. Uh, we thought yeah. that was um, Channing Tatum. That's the one with Channing Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. Channing Tatum, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought, I, I think we, my dad and I agreed that the, the movie was well shot. It kind of has yeah. like a raw, low budget feel. And like, we enjoyed yeah. it. And I do think a lot of the stuff that's unfolded with Gina Carano is pretty unfortunate. And she's just, you know, really demonstrated herself to be like, ignorantly using her public platform to just like kind of be uh i don't know i don't know how to put it without like getting taking it to a different political place but see no this is my this was our issue last week was was discussing and i think this this episode has been the movie was great on its own merits even though like and i think gina carano is um uh you know a good uh she she is a good actor and I, i enjoyed her in the mandalorian i enjoyed her in haywire i think uh for somebody she to really utilize that like fighting experience and that physical prowess to make such an impact on screen consistently is like, you know, what a great resource for any filmmaker to like hire to their project, but then to throw it all away over, you know, a position that I feels kind of ignorant and really punching down. Yeah. Why would you do that? Like you're throwing away such a promising career just to stick to your guns about something that doesn't really concern you. Yeah. You should ask Kyrie Irving that same question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was our, that was our movie last week. That's, that's cool that you, maybe we should have had you on last week as, as well, but I was trying to parse permanent uh, guest. No. Yeah. Permanent guest like me. Um, um, yeah, that'll be like that. It's just one of those things. We're going to come in contact with movies that are reviewed, not for the movie. And I think we're going to, and I'm just more and more accepting of the nature that like, this is something that we have to talk about and honestly would be a kernel of, uh, of something worthwhile within our podcast. I think of really the, the true nature of what we're trying to trying to do here is get to that, that kernel a little bit of why is this polarizing? And sometimes it just doesn't have to do with the movie. Um, but that being said, I, I was just taking a quick look, look through some of my notes. There was something about the boyfriend eating all the Americone dream. Um, I totally related that with that where he's just like, he seems uh, to AOC. He's like, I'm sorry. I ate all the Americone dream last night. I couldn't help myself. I was like, Oh my God. I could totally I relate with that. that. Yeah. I was like, man, that's me. Yeah, we just talked about that recently. <laughs> I know we just American recently talked dream. about American yeah. Dream. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great flavor. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Aaron doesn't know about that because he's vegan now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they have the, the vegan. American I have tried dream. the Ben and Jerry's non-dairy stuff. And it's it's pretty good. It's not my okay. it's not my go to company, but it's really good. Um, and then I'm a the- huge fan of uh, the Trader Joe's has vegan bonbons that are really yummy. Those yeah, are excellent. Use- as are the little hold the dairy, the little hold the cones that are dairy free. Those are amazing as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. coconut milk instead. Okay, instead mm-hmm. of uh, dairy. Um, and then also, I just one other thing out of my notes. Uh, someone from Bronx is called a Bronxite. I didn't know that. She's like, I am a Bronxite. That sounds kind of cool. It sounds like a metal. Like yeah, a, it sounds a, like, like an a, alloy yeah. or something. Kind of like, oh, bronxite on the periodic like a rare metal. Uh, yeah, it's on the periodic table. Bronxite. Yeah, bronxite, exactly. Yeah. But that's all. Um, I'm I'm gonna give this movie an 86%. 
Nice, 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 nice. 86.5. Nice. Oh, there you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Got to be specific so Four, they, five, six, know seven. you thought really hard about it. Yes. And then exactly. Aaron, Aaron, you're on 80% clean, right? Flat rate. Flat rate, yeah. <laughs> That's how that four no or five BS. Uh, No BS about it. <laughs> okay. So you got you got this, Brandon. You got this, Brandon. I know. <sighs> bring us home. Yeah, bring us home, baby. Us... Here we go, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> so this move, uh, this documentary, well, still movie um, film, made me just really think about which I genuinely enjoyed because it really does. F- kind of bolster and reaffirm my worldview, which like we've talked about is an issue. Um, but hear me out. This is my reaffirmation that happened in this is that there are people in politics that want to change things based on the fact that they give a fucking goddamn about the people that they care about. And it was so wonderful to see a documentary about people giving so much of a shit about something that one thing in like political conversations, because in this in researching this movie, just getting into the weeds on both sides of the aisle. And there is a strong, strong um agenda or um way of doing things where it gets you so much cultural cachet to um talk about how shitty somebody can be or how stupid people can be about things and it's really difficult to like get into the weeds on why things are worth a damn and like it's it's not so simple and cut and dry of like this person's a piece of shit because they're a progressive it's like this person really cares about a bunch of people but they just maybe care about it in a different way um and i appreciate this documentary so much for just telling stories about people who um, have gone through some really fucked up and shit in their life um, that made them want to change who they are and get into politics and make a huge difference in the world. Like, I mean, God damn it. Like, I love that so much about politics. Like, it is so discouraging or so cynical and fucking unfortunate where a majority of the political conversations that happen online or in passing or like just above the step of having a honest conversation human to human um where there is a lack of empathy of somebody wanting to just do great things because they want to make a like make people feel better and like they give a shit about people not getting hurt, like that kind of stuff. Um, like this, this documentary made me consider those things. And as somebody who politically have been on uh, a variety of spectrums of things, because 
there are times that I really enjoy capitalism and sometimes I really hate it. And then a couple of other issues where I've just been relatively like flip floppy about where my political leanings are. And I just like, even though I will critique this movie and not give it like near a perfect score because it doesn't get into maybe the historical elements of where the progressive party comes from or talk about why certain issues are now more prevalent today than they've ever been. And those kind of things are the critiques that I would make about this movie because it doesn't get into that. And just like, I would like to know about why, you know, uh, why these women got picked in the first place and what that process looks like. And do they get like submissions in and things like that? Like it really, this uh, documentary, doesn't get into those things that I think it would potentially benefit from because I don't know, like I know now I'm just thinking about it though. And it's like, would anybody benefit from that? Because so many of the negative reviews about this movie are from people who haven't even fucking watched this movie. Like I, I I could expound in my review and I will to a degree because I'm giving my honest opinion about it is of like, I would have loved to see more information about X, Y, and Z, but it just is relatively discouraging that the reason we're talking about this movie is because people are shit posting reviews because AOC fucking sucks. And that's how I'm going to take out my simpism or my, uh, my ineptitude in uh, having a actual ability to have social conversations because I'm a fucking weirdo because I just, and in X, Y, and Z, like it's, I'm, I don't even want to like go fully at those people who are like, I'm going to just shit post online. Cause that's how I find value you but i would just say to all of my republican uh acquaintances and whatnot is that this is and just overall to my review is that this movie just focuses on people trying to make a difference in their community and stays really true to that the criticisms that you can levy against this movie is is that you could and maybe deserve to know more about why these people got picked or why these issues matter right now in 2020 or at that time, 2019. But don't consider this movie as being a AOC documentary Mm -hmm. or a, a a progressive party agenda movie Mm -hmm. just consider this movie as a documentary about people running for office that are not the um not the uh, the party in power at the time um and that stuff i incredibly appreciate and um at the end of the day this movie should be watched by people. Um, I don't know historically if they're going to get a lot out of it. And then to get to my percentage review, I would say I would give this movie a 88%. Very nice. Very nice. Um, well, we, we did it folks. That was our, uh, knock down the house episode. Uh, we, we, uh, tackled our first documentary and um, I'm not sure how many, how much more are out there. 
And I feel like the reason that scores would be divided on any other documentary might, we might run into similar sort of things of people just not agreeing <laughs> with what the documentary has to say. Uh, but this was a lot of, this was a lot of fun um, going through this with you guys. And I thought that we were able to branch off into some different topics that uh, the documentary brought up. And I think that's an effective documentary as well. It would get you, get you talking about some of the things that totally. they're, they're, uh, they're making you, making you think about and you can, yeah, again, like form your own opinions about some, some of that stuff uh, yourself. But that being said, we're going to move on to our, our next point where uh, we pick a movie. Brandon, have we picked a movie for next week? Aaron, you, yeah, you're, you're we welcome do. to join us for for this part of the podcast. Um, we did it's pick- going to be simple and easy. We right. are doing Fat Man. Oh, we are um, doing Fat Man next week. Oh, my goodness. Next so, week, it's Fat Man. So um, let me uh, pull it up right here. This is a, is that a uh, Manhattan Project documentary movie. Uh, yes, exactly. That's what it, we're doing. Another uh, political yeah, just- uh, documentary about. Uh, yes, about Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> the bomb. I'm I mean, so ready. I'm I just so took ready a wild for- guess. I was like, this could be like a body positivity movement thing. It could oh, be uh, no. about get ready, get about ready for what this project. is. This is a uh, this is a movie. I guess uh, you could call it um, from 2020 called Fat Man. Uh, I will just go ahead and read the synopsis for you. Um, to save his declining business, Chris Kringle, also known as Santa Claus, is forced into a partnership with the U.S. military. Making matters worse, Chris gets locked into a deadly battle of wits against a highly skilled assassin hired by a precocious 12-year-old after receiving a lump of coal in a stocking. And guess who Santa Claus? Mel Gibson. Um, We were going to try to avoid polarizing people, but no. (laughs) No, we're getting into it. We're having another movie with a polarizing person. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, it's starring him and Walton Goggins. Directed by uh, Ian Nelms, Esham Nelms, um, written by Ian Nelms and Esham Nelms. Um, Yeah, that's going to be our holiday movie next week in in this. We got uh, a couple holiday movies uh, back to back. Just spoiler alert to all of the polar bears out there listening. Um, We're we're in the throes of the holiday season. This is uh, Chris Kringle. like mania, if you will. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't come up with the exact term that I want to use for this time a year no, for this it. podcast. That's it. That's it. Right um, but, I love it. <laughs> but we're doing Fat Man, which is a, yeah, Mel Gibson cool. as Chris Kringle, but he's also a, a has to fight off a hitman. Um, and is he legitimately gonna, the magical being Santa Claus? Yeah. Yeah. He just, yeah like, no, yeah. 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 And then because I feel he like gave, American dad did this. Yeah, no, for sure. And because he gave a kid a lump of coal, that kid hired a hitman, and that's what this movie's about. And the best thing about it, just spoiler alert to everybody listening, is that it's supposed to be like super gritty and real. So he's gonna have to like actually deal with the fact that he is getting uh hunted by a kid who hired a hitman, and it's gonna be like brutal and real, uh, which is just oh I'm I'm excited for it. But he's a magical being that exists outside of time and space. What what threat does a hitman pose to him? Uh, he's he's Mel Gibson in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's just Mel Gibson. I mean, that, um, that's my review already. That doesn't make a sense. It doesn't make sense. You can't have it both ways. You can't have him be the actual magical being Santa Claus, <laughs> but then have a have a just a human hitman. We're gonna get into it. I'm glad we already have your opinion of it. Do you guys want to yeah. do uh, a podcast first and watch the trailer together? <laughs> 
for this. I mean, I'm going to be in Guam. Yeah, on an before, you ship, do, but... before you do that, let me let me take a look at Robert. Okay, well, um, where are you you're going to Guam, Aaron? Have what's what's yeah, that going to be I was like? Joking about Guam about you? being a repeat guest anytime soon. I'm going to be uh, out of the country without uh, consistent access to the internet. Yeah, that's. I mean, are you going to have some uh, some free time in Guam to to do some do some stuff? Yeah, I won't be. Uh, we won't be underway the entire time. Mm-hmm. We'll be. There'll be times where we're in port. When are you? Are you? You're not spending Christmas out there, are you? Yeah, you are. Oh wow, Christmas in Guam. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be pretty temperate at least. It's not not going to be cold. Yeah, that'll be that'll be nice. And I miss the rainy season, so that's good. In oh, in Guam, you miss the rainy season. The monsoon, yeah, the monsoon season is oh, is no joke up there. Jeez, what are you going to be doing out there? Um. Professionally, we're, I'm just going to be, um, I'm, I'm filling the role of somebody who got injured, who does my job. So uh, we're just going to be going underway uh, and I'll be filling his role, keeping the ship, you know, functioning normally. And uh, once the deployment is over, so we'll just be going out on routine taskings. Uh, and then once the deployment is over, I'll come back to my current ship here in San Diego and continue working there. Right on, man. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for everything you do. You're you're a hero. You're a badass. I I'm I'm so uh, impressed with with everything that uh that thanks you're for doing. your support. That's amazing. Um, you guys care to watch this together? You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, All right, here we go. So here's the trailer for Fat Man, everybody. Let's get into it. You're gonna screen share, yeah. Um, it is on the stream. If you go onto the stream, uh, it is all it is Got all it. there. If you want to do it that way. Or this is a new thing for us. We're we're giving it a try. It's just showing my whole window. That's that's fine. Let's exit out all this stuff. All right, you guys ready? Let me know when you're ready. Yep, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Oh, I need to. Here we go. All right, we're going. We're starting. Oh, I'm so fucking down already. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> you know the man. Thoughts. Maybe it's time I retired the coat. Know the legend. Some kids with a deer rifle put two holes in the sleigh, one in me. All I have is a loathing for a world that's forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) The United States military would like to procure your services. This is a one time deal, gentlemen. How are you, Mike? Nicole and the kids are well, I hope. Where are you? What's the job? I'd like you to kill Santa Claus. Oh no! I'm looking for the fat man. You can't be serious. This is what people actually think of Christmas is a farce. I am a joke. What's the purpose of your visit? Hunting. I'm gonna kill some things. There is a rising number of our youth making poor decisions. What the big man's head? Severed heads rot, they mold. They don't want his beard. I'm not shaving off a dead man's beard. Your workers sure have healthy appetites. That's why elves live much longer than humans. And Chris, he knows the same. No, it's a giving that keeps him young. 
I'm coming for your head, fat man! <laughs> <laughs> I've come for your head, <laughs> That's the line that everyone's going to be saying. That's the pull quote. <laughs> come for your head, I'm so obsessed with just... <laughs> Taking shots just at the bar, just being like these fucking kids. I can't even. Yeah, I, I was, there's a bit of a lag watching on Twitch as we're watching, so I I, I got there with the. I was like, you can't you can't the delivery can't really be like that. For I'm 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 I've come for your head, fat man, and it, <laughs> it was bigger. He delivered yeah. it. He like he's, he delivered it bigger than you guys were doing. Yeah, it. we toned was, it down. You toned it down. Yeah. We done wow. that. <laughs> All right. Well, because he he is a kid done wrong by the fact that he got coal in his stocking, and he's like, "I can't. I'm gonna kill you, Fana." <laughs> he got a, like a, such a small lump of coal too. It was really just a lump ish. Um, oh, it's gonna be such a fun. We got a we got a wonderful movies planned this uh, month. Mm-hmm. uh aaron thank you for really kind of kicking us off for this yes and uh um, safe travels um thanks for and, having me yeah yeah have a yeah. have a, have a mer- merry uh, holiday christmas season uh yourself and uh it was true pleasure the doors always open anytime you want to come on yeah. just you're an amazing guest uh and then yeah for for all you people out there we'll, we'll send you the off polar with, bears uh, all you pull, all you, cr- all you crazy polar bears out <laughs> polar there. You bears. Just, just can't wait all for that fat man. Uh, <laughs> I know you just, you're just loving it, uh, but we do have to go. I know you just, aw, aw. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you. Uh, uh, Chad, uh, yeah, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because there's ways to reach us if you want. If you want you to go. Uh, yeah, pull, here we go. Polarize the pod at gmail.com. Send us a line, request, idea for a movie, idea for a segment. Um I don't know. You want to be on the podcast? Send us a line. I don't know. Anything can happen. Anything <laughs> oh, can happen. Okay. Oh, no. I'm making promises. That's the one thing. That's I'm making one promises thing. that I might not be able to keep, but no. I'm just saying, like, the door is open and it's up to you to to walk through. I'm putting the ball oh, in your Brandon's court. watching your mouth right checks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Like, that's right. Um, he's yeah. he's just like. Uh, uh, uh. We, we will, you, can, you guys want the podcast you can have it it's fine um <laughs> You're just, okay. uh, you guys might have different hosts next week we'll see what happens away. yeah um, you guys so want to want to make the same make another podcast by the same name we won't copyright claim you yeah. you want to sell merch for the podcast uh, unaffiliated with us go for it it's fine sure. it's fine sure. yeah any of you any of you polar crazy i mean that's what the polar bears would do they're they're sick that's fucks. What they'll the, do it that is what the polar bears would do because they are sick fucks they'll fucking do it and uh, they do whatever they want yeah that's how we like it here uh, that's how we like it that's how we like it here at like the it. polarized pod we like these sick fucks getting into <laughs> shit that's that's what we're about anyways um <laughs> uh, but man yeah we'll have to have we're gonna have aaron on for uh, a fun more fun movie next time that we can kind of Kind of, oh for sure yeah, yeah i look forward to it that'd be little, great i'd love a little to more again. serious i guess but yeah okay so <laughs> a little more serious this one was a little bit more than some of our oh other yeah ones. oh like I thought you were gonna say can we, we, we do something drier oh, maybe like serious. just less entertaining just <laughs> yeah. hey if i find a ken burns documentary that is polarizing <laughs> yeah. you bet your ass i'll do it on this yeah, show yeah, go for it you bet your ass i'll i'll do it don't tempt me don't tempt me uh they're like the korean war <laughs> that's the one yeah or like <laughs> that's the one that it's just polarizing in law oh. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, just learn about jazz for, just for jazz. Hours. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right i'm gonna i'm gonna we gotta we gotta wrap it up yeah, brandon's, brandon's losing his mind um we're, we're we're gonna give you that one more time it's polarized the pod at gmail.com polarized pod on twitter polarized pod on twitch if you care to watch us we've been streaming this whole time chat's been going off today yeah it's been going off tonight. Uh, everyone with a bunch Shout of chat yeah and you know you say something uh smart like aaron williams then we'll we'll say it and yeah, uh, and live on the live on the episode who knows what will happen again i will give I the podcast that's, that's, away i'll do it i'll give it away that's what that's what i'm afraid of yep okay i'm gonna do it i'll give it away by the end of this podcast it, oh my god there's gonna be there's gonna there's gonna be a rotating crew of hosts i'm gonna have to just work on getting a copyright of this <laughs> podcast so james just doesn't give it away on every single episode can you sell a podcast as an nft is that possible is that's not possible oh wait uh, man i don't know <laughs> All right, I, I'm, I'm getting too too uh, too ahead of myself. Um, Aaron, I bid you adieu. The great Brandini. Aaron, thank has you. Been real I appreciate well this. this. This has been a good conversation. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the both of you a lot. Send All us right, off, Brandon. Send later. us off, Brandon. Everybody, this has been Polarized Pod. Thank you for listening. Good night. Yeah. Woo! We did it!